0: And
1: we are recording a podcast uh, with yes. slides. Uh, I think everything's going. I think we should be good. Beautiful. Um, are
2: you going to talk about the Amish? No. I'm gonna you talk you about you've
1: the teased, Amish. teased us with this, this image. Here. Sons with, with of Amish. two, two,
0: we two were slides in Amish with the Amish week.
1: Yeah. Well, two, two slides with the Amish on it. Uh, it, it, two episodes in a row. Um, yeah, Thank you. Okay. Hello, and welcome to Well, There's Your Problem. It's a podcast about engineering disasters with slides. I'm Justin Rosnick. I'm the person who's talking right now. Uh, my pronouns are he and him. All
2: right, go. I'm Alice Caldor-Kelly. I'm the person who's talking now. My pronouns are she and her. Yay, Liam.
3: Yay, Liam. Hi, I'm Liam Anderson. My pronouns are he and him.
4: We have a guest. We do have a guest. Hi. I'm Kevin. My pronouns are he and him. And you're just Kevin because of, like, like, yeah. Yeah, why are you here, Kevin? (laughs) Why are you here, Kevin? Uh, Well, I am a forester and a wildlife biologist, and I'm here to talk about trees and forests.
1: Cool. Now, but I thought thought the natural state of nature was this bucolic scene you see in front of us.
3: I've got a... Naturally occurring grain
2: silos, naturally occurring like
3: rows of corn. The GTI on this road.
4: <laughs> I mean, I kind of see a few natural things in there, that being the trees in the background. But the rest of that is, you know, horses are native to Europe or Asia. Grass is probably native to Asia, and corn native to Mexico, domesticated. So, not a lot of native in there.
2: Wow. I did
1: not
4: know that so
0: simply and off the land, <laughs> hmm. <laughs> um,
2: Just uh, just uh, indulge me for a second. What is what is trees?
3: What is yeah, so, a tree? What is trees?
4: So a tree is you know as we define it in forestry, it's a perennial woody plant, it's at least two inches in diameter at four and a half feet off the ground. Uh, it's at least sixteen feet tall. Uh, there, you could make an argument for tree ferns being trees. I don't really buy that, you know, but. I do deal with tree ferns. I will not accept palms and bamboo as trees. Those are grasses. <laughs> Those are grasses. Come on. I, now. I was
2: I was sort of not expecting there to be like a height and weight requirement, so to speak. You know, like yeah.
4: what class?
2: Another really controversial tree opinions out there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got it's
4: a science. You got to define everything. Everything is defined. Mm. Otherwise, you can do the Socratic thing. Well, is this truly a tree? Is this you know shrub a tree? No, no, no. It's a shrub. It's not a tree.
1: If you have a one of those trees that's been grafted together, um, oh, would a tobacco plant. Yes, yeah, that, that would be like a featherless biped. Shut up. Uh, thereby <laughs> making it a man. <laughs> uh,
3: the sound you hear, listeners and viewers, is the sound of me leaving my house to go hit Ross with a two by four.
1: <laughs> Although I'm not allowed to is joke it, about it, that is apparently, is a two by four a tree? Uh, Was it? It was, was at trick. some point. It's, it's
3: like three body parts. <laughs> and yet a piece of the false self, a piece of the true self exists in the false self. Mm. I say, as I beat Ross to death with a two by four.
2: <laughs> All right. Well, we've so uh, uh, now completed yeah. analytic philosophy. All right.
3: Yeah. yeah yes. Congratulations. Your packets are in the mail.
2: So yeah, we uh we, we have Kevin here
1: to talk about how how thoroughly we have fucked up forests on the East Coast. Yay! <laughs> I mean, no. <laughs> it's a fun topic. I've been I've been kind of fascinated by this ever since I, I heard about it the first time, but but I don't know very much about it, which so I'm I'm excited for this dude. one.
4: It's a mm. fun time. It just keeps me up at night only a couple of days a week.
1: <laughs> but first we have Freeze. to do the goddamn news.
2: What's this? Good news in my goddamn news. news segment? Yes. Yeah. So, Brandon it, Johnson, uh, the the candidate that we like for Chicago mayor, is gonna be the next mayor of Chicago, against the predictions of Lori Lightfoot and every other professional idiot who called this one wrong. But butts,
3: Eat butts yes. morons.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, because it turns out that people actually like when you make cities Woke and soy, and you defund the police, uh, and you, yeah. uh, you know, are triggered and owned all of the time. He,
1: he, he was, he, he, he is going to forcibly trans
2: everyone in Chicago. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Thank God, yeah. that's my fetish.
2: Right, Commuting, in the loop is going to look like a Gerard Butler movie now. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Every single Chicagoan will be killed uh, at any moment, and Your sacrifice
3: this, yes. has been noted.
2: Yeah, and we consider this a victory for the left. Um yeah. uh, notably because his opponent Paul Vallis, was sort of like this school privatization, like school vouchers, yeah, he was like the gun for hire. what
3: he was doing it.
2: One of the like worst people. Um and Walter. yeah, absolutely. Uh I I saw the Chicago Tribune had a great headline just now about this, which is uh Brandon Johnson, uh, he he thanked he found room for God in his acceptance speech, but not for Barack Obama. Just very ungrateful <laughs> of him. And it's like, mm. what? Huh? What I what? what is is Barack Obama
1: bigger than God? so says the Tribune.
3: Much much like the Beatles.
1: Yeah. I, mean, I mean the Tribune is one of the worst newspapers out there. And That's historically strange. has been. But Barack Obama not bigger than God, I think personally.
2: No, uh, I mean, much I, I smaller think controversial. than God. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right. But so, Chicago, uh, you know, progressive Illinois, progressive site of the future. Uh, Pritzker Carnate, um, and you know, fantastic work. Uh, all glory to particularly the the Chicago Teachers Union, who was yes. like famously instrumental in this, and also like. One of the best organized unions out there doing it. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I hope we get a repeat of this in Philly with Helen Gim, uh, who is also oh, supported by our teachers' union. Oh, you're
3: already, you're uh, voting for Gim, huh? Gim? Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah oh, I, I, okay. I, I, I'm definitely going for Gim. I think that there's, uh, you know, we've got a the mayor. The field right now is eleven candidates. Yeah, we have two fucking
3: people. <laughs> two progressives.
1: There's eight generics, and there's one fascist.
3: <laughs> um my got as the fascist.
1: Uh that's uh what's his face? Brown something. I oh he keeps yeah, sending yeah. me Jeff mailers Brown. Yeah, Jeff, Jeff Brown. Brown. yeah. Yeah,
3: he owns a bunch of shop rights.
1: Oh um, yeah, yeah. Right. of
3: course he fucking does. Uh I'm mm. voting for Reinhardt personally, but I respect the you're going for
1: dude. You're going for Reinhardt? Yeah. You're going for Reinhardt? You're going for the Elizabeth Warren
2: of this race?
3: <laughs> you know yes I am. <laughs> I've liked her.
2: One one thing, one thing I will say though uh, about, no about Brandon Stern, Johnson so, uh. is there was a story uh, that the Chicago Fraternal Order of Police uh, like put out at the eleventh hour to try and swing like nervous, squishy liberals, hate uh, hey, has no home here kind of people back towards Paul, which was if Brandon is elected, eight hundred to one thousand Chicago Police Department officers will resign overnight. To
4: which, uh, get going we'll boys, ya. it's time, you
2: know, make it happen. Yep.
4: <laughs> that will make the inevitable remake of the Blues Brothers a much worse movie. Instead of like, you know, 500 cars flipping over, it'll be like two. Oh god.
2: <laughs> yeah, in Brandon
4: Johnson, Chicago, you
2: don't even have a full SWAT team of guys to go like, hurt, 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 and like, repel down in front of the Daily Center. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just
2: one guy going like, hey, stop that.
4: Yeah.
2: <laughs> so much <laughs> like Chase Boudan, I look forward to seeing how they how they fuck him over in office. Um, oh, yeah. possibly possibly he evades all of this and possibly he's like in contention for twenty twenty eight. I don't know. Um, but it's it's a good thing in the meantime, and good yeah. for Chicago. Good for the teachers. Yeah. Thank you to them for dragging America's Cities kicking and screaming into the twenty first century. Um, I just and... want to go ahead and defend
3: Helen Gim appearing at the Union League or no. I just, that,
1: like, that's the one I've like, been sitting on. That's like fine. You can okay, just do fine. that.
3: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I have no response to that that can air.
1: Semper Brandon or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you, you know who else was at the Union League? Abraham Lincoln.
0: You know who yeah, else was I'm at the, the Union League? Uh, Both Lincoln. you
3: and me, actually. We went for yeah, Howard. Exactly, exactly. Order. Yeah, Howard, how, how, you that can't possible? say anything. Is
0: that <laughs>
3: I don't think they'd let us in except for that architectural tour, but
1: I just want to know what happens when they well they got they gotta have a portrait of Trump in there now. But because remember of they the, uh...
3: didn't? They were like, oh yeah, because we went after he was elected. Remember they were like, Oh yeah, we're definitely working on it.
2: <laughs> we're trying to find an artist who can like really 2018 capture his essence.
3: when we went. Like they should have had one at that point.
2: Yes, it's true. Really trying to grapple with the like Trump face, you know, it takes a while. Yeah. Oh, fuck, we should've put in some notes about how he got arrested. We were like, oh, what should we put in the the thing about it?
1: Didn't we talk about that on the last last episode? I don't remember. I said it was gonna happen, but now he's been indicted.
2: Yeah, we we were right, we were right, we predicted it. Uh, Orange man arrested. Pretends Um, this is another news item. (laughs) Suck my
3: butt.
2: orange man arrested uh i look forward to him like paying a fine for this in like 2026 after his appeals yes. run out when he has been like elected god emperor uh in the last election that the united states will hold
0: he's gonna
1: um
2: pay a fine of
1: $500 yeah. and 2 days of community service
3: <laughs> i do want the photos of trump doing community service That's oh, that'd true. be really funny I want you Trump. trump doing, like, like a trump.
1: picking thing yeah he, no yeah. he's working at like a soup kitchen <laughs> I, yeah.
3: <laughs> I need those photos
1: that'd be really good but well, you can always use an ai to generate them
3: i don't know i i'm <laughs> morally opposed to it yeah
2: reasonable
1: well,
3: well as long as i do serve they're... trump steaks that, that would be more time oh trump steaks were delicious and nobody accepted that
2: i don't accept. they not.
3: no i'm fucking with you
2: Okay, I I I feel as if I've been rewarded for my skepticism. Yeah, I I, I, I was about to say
1: it does not seem like. weren't they like you bought them from the sharper image?
2: No, you didn't. Is that true? Yeah, was it? No, I remember hearing that too. (laughs) What? You you get your like frozen And also
4: QVC. (laughs) That makes it so much better.
2: Yeah, A package of meat coming from the president, like. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Things you could say uh like pretty much no later than the Coolidge administration and like you know the president has rewarded you for your 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 help with like the teapot dome scandal by uh you know shipping you some frozen steaks. Um but he <laughs> so,
0: broke back so-
2: you, you got a political favor from Coolidge by
1: delivering him a, a, a chest freezer full of venison.
0: <laughs> and my dad
1: got paid
4: like that one time. Hmm? Didn't somebody send Taft like a, a raccoon or a possum to eat? Yeah,
3: yeah I mean, they were trying to compete with the teddy bear, and it was <laughs> a possum. But those stuffed animals didn't sell. I just read uh, the a bio a biography of both uh, T.R. and Taft, and yeah. They were trying to like get his own teddy bear, but then it ended up being a possum, which scared the kids.
2: I mean, it's the only native marsupial.
4: Is it's neat until you look at the tail. Yeah, put
2: it on. You know, fuck eagles. Put that on the great seal.
3: Whoa! Whoa! (laughs) Whoa! Whoa!
2: Go birds. Go birds. Possum with okay, fine. Yeah, go birds. You make a good (laughs) point. You make a compelling point. But imagine like a spread possum with like a fistful of like grain and a fistful of like sheaf of arrows. Exactly. Yeah, I, I kinda like
4: that. If mm. if you've ever seen a possum skull, like uh just like the skull of a possum, their mouths are just jammed full of teeth. Mm. It's just so many teeth in there.
1: There used to be a possum who lived underneath my porch. I saw him every once in a while. I was always happy to see him.
0: <laughs> you know, there's a Trump national
1: golf
3: club that claims to be Philly, but it's actually in Pine Hill, New Jersey.
1: That sounds hmm. about right.
3: Just learned that. Yeah.
1: Um anyway, anyway. In other news. Uh, NS
2: Brackens, has done it Dutch. again. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, congratulations
1: Nor- boys.
2: Norfolk <laughs> Southern. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah, the fucking Nederlandse Spoorwegen, I I think. Uh don't quote me on that. Uh the Dutch train. I never people. was able to pronounce it. <laughs> They, they 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 put a train on the ground. They they, they um yeah. the spirit of haunts sort of like descended upon the Netherlands and yes. they ran a high speed uh, passenger train into like a like a line crane, um, which nobody knows why it was there or you know why it ran into it but it killed like one. Presumably person the guy who put it there in. knows why it was there. Well, I mean, yeah, but he's not. You don't have to incriminate yourself if you're watching That's those like point, lawyer yeah. TikToks. You know, that guy with too many rings on is telling him, you know, you don't, you don't got to answer any questions. You don't got to consent <laughs> to a search of your crane. Yeah, this is true. I, I do not consent to her.
1: Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but it's this is like uh... Uh... this killed like four people.
2: Did it? Um, I, I only saw sort of like yeah. one when I uh, when I looked. Well, maybe it was but, one. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, uh, one nasty wreck people. with a passenger train. Mm, yeah, and this is uh, like in between the Hague and Amsterdam. Um, it's a shame. Mm. It's a great shame. Um,
1: but... i have been carrying Donald Trump going for international war crimes.
0: International <laughs> golf club.
2: Yeah, international war crimes tribunal at the international golf club.
3: There is Sorry. one. That, there, there is one in Scotland. Uh, and then oh, Dubai, apparently. Of
2: course- I mean, we, we we ran an international like um tra- criminal tribunal here for the like the Lockerbie bombing future episode, That's I right. imagine. Right. Uh, oh, yeah, so yeah, we made a bit of The Hague temporarily Scotland for legal reasons, which is an interesting it's, bit of like legal history. I
3: love legal fiction,
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like how so- the
1: Amtrak Cafe car is Washington, DC, yeah.
3: for legal mm-hmm. reasons.
2: Yeah, also, so you can hold like international war crimes tribunals in the cafe car.
3: Yeah, there's not much room, but they do try. <laughs> you gotta do it really fast because it's high speed rail, though. Yeah. yeah, yeah, implying Amtrak is high speed rail.
1: I was about to say, uh-huh. you can do it on a long distance train, no problem.
3: Can you imagine getting tried for war crimes on like the uh, the Southwest the Empire Chief Builder? Or yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah, uh, Southwest Chief would make more sense because it gets
2: delayed so often.
3: Yeah. But uh, not
2: the Southwest Chief, The Sunset Limited, that's the, the one.
3: Sunset Limited, yeah.
2: Mm. Hey, I mean, if you can sign the armistice of World War One in a train car, why not why not do this? You know? Why not? Yeah. yeah, why
3: not? I don't know. I've always wanted to take the Southwest Chief. That's always been the,
1: the thing I wanted to uh, It's supposed to be the good one, yeah. Uh, mm. But uh yeah. That's,
2: that's all so, I had. News. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Norfolk Southern fucks up again. Anyway, yeah. yeah. <laughs> every uh, every train on the ground is a Norfolk Southern joint. Yeah, yeah and that's for
4: nothing jackasses. Yeah. Uh, what is a forest?
2: The, yeah, this is where Kevin takes over.
4: All right. Thanks. Hey, before we jump into, I got to do the science thing where all of the opinions are my own and not a representation of my employer, uh, who we're just not going to name. You we're know, not going to be disclosing that. Uh, you,
2: but it's not a representation of any employer's opinions. It's just you. No. no it's
4: just and you. Live, live I, and die I, on your own merits, Kevin. That's fine. I, I have scientific backing for 99% of this. There's like one point where we'll get outside of the literature. So if anyone really has questions, they can email you guys for the citations. No, they can't. We're not no, doing can't. your office no. hours
2: for you. No. For <laughs> no pay us.
0: Well, pay I don't want up, to define man. me. <laughs> we're
2: not we're like the, the, the exploitation of TAs in the podcast industry is getting reprehensible.
3: Are we the like, TAs? Or are we the professors? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or we, oh, we're all of it, I think. They we're both. Yeah, we couldn't unionize <laughs> because we're all management, but that's fine.
2: Actually, yeah. <laughs> we have to live in podcast say, housing, too. Yeah. You
4: guys get yeah. at, this is This is, uh, for the engineering folks, this is your uh, elective credit. So we're going to talk about trees. We're going to talk about forests. Uh, forests are some of my favorite things. Um, we defined a tree. Let's define a forest for fun. Uh, a forest is at least one acre. Of land that's at least ten percent covered in trees that's not used for anything else, not urban or agriculture, that is a forest um you can have savannas that are forests, you can have like really dense forests that are forests, everything that has ten percent trees forest so, so like that's the plot what a lot of land is. behind
1: my childhood home that was in between two subdivisions was a forest,
4: yes. <laughs> Was it
3: an acre? For this joke? Yes. Was it an acre?
4: Probably. Yes. That's a forest. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Here's a fun one. Uh, Because of the UK, we have some really silly measurements in forestry. We use chains, we use links to measure land, and we use tenths of inches to measure trees. Why? Don't do that.
2: Don't do that. Was <laughs> your fault, Alice. I know, yeah. I know, and I'm I'm saying don't repeat our mistakes. Don't use ah, our fucking ah, like, ah, uh, y- you know, it, it, it's it's you know one tenth of a yard arm to the
4: hundred weight ass uh, imperial Oof. measurement Oof. system. Well, also on the East Coast, we use Mets and Bounds to define forest property, which is the use worst. Fucking
3: what, dude? <laughs>
4: <laughs> we use Mets and Bounds. It's a way of defining forest land. What do Mets where it's like, have to do with this? What
3: are Mets? Yeah. Eat
4: so it's Mets I own from the big tree to the stream over to the road. That's my land, um, which is a very silly way to do things. It's how you used to do things in like, you know, the 1500s. And then in America, because this is a good country, we invented the public land survey system in, 17, in the 1780s. And everything east or west of Ohio – is surveyed in the public land survey, so everything is just just in squares, which makes sense. It makes sense. <sighs> but here it's like, oh, you got to follow this weird, you know, meandering set of directions from the 1800s to figure out where your property boundary is. <laughs>
0: my property boundary, like boundary is
1: from this tree that existed 200 years ago. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah Please see yeah, it my
4: deed.
3: Uh, don't worry about it. You'll mm. see the don't worry about it clause in my deed.
4: So there's this fun, so if you guys read the Jack Frost poem, um oh I forget what it's called, but you know, the stopping by woods in the snowy evening. No, not quite that one. The other one where they're like walking and they're like walking by the fence and like fences make good neighbors.
3: Yeah.
4: That, that's pre oh, yeah, yeah. So that's how you set boundaries and you agree on those boundaries under Mets and bounds. Hmm. Is a is a fun fact for you. We'll have some more coming up, don't worry. Okay. So um <laughs> let's get back to trees. Trees don't care about property. Um so we're gonna talk about mainly Forest in Pennsylvania.
1: They're anarchists.
4: Yeah.
3: <laughs> yes. Yes. I am proud of my uh, Woody neighbor. My mo- my old, my Woody uh,
2: friends. I'm insisting all trees are communists, and they're the precise kind of communist that I am. Whatever it is that day.
3: No, that's wrong. Actually. <laughs> mm. Some of them. You can take are... your old growth forest
4: and shove up your ass, Alice. Some of them are imperialists. Some of them are imperialists. <laughs> we got to watch out. Yeah,
2: the precise yeah. kind of communist that I am that yeah. day. Yeah. Oh
4: God, <laughs> you, the Leninist
3: tree. No, you, you can eat my
4: butt. You have clonal and colonial trees, like Tree of Heaven. That's that's definitely an imperial tree. Death the Tree of Heaven. Okay, it's like so landing, let's, let's landing on top of a Kronstadt we're, tree.
1: We're sending the we're sending the Tree of Heaven to hell. <laughs> I'm on the
3: tree way to till...
4: <laughs> We'll talk about that more in a in a in a few slides. We'll talk about that some more. Okay, so um. When we think about forests in the eastern United States, we got to go back to the Wisconsin glaciation uh, because that's a couple of miles of ice that covered the east coast from seventy or sorry seven thousand, seventy five thousand years ago to about eleven thousand years ago. so it's like you know most of the eastern U.S. covered in forests or covered that's covered in forests today covered in ice like three or four miles thick of ice, and what's not covered in ice is like you know you get a nice permafrost so what you think of like Canada and the Canadian Shield Forest kind of look like today, that's what our forest used to look like that weren't impacted by glaciers. So cool. the forest that we see today is kind of new in a geological time frame. Man,
2: remember glaciers?
4: Yeah, we used to have uh, those. We used to have them. It's going to be
2: tough explaining those to, to people younger than us. Oh, uh, yeah, it's a shame. Hey, so the
3: the world used to be inhabitable, and now it's not.
1: Yeah. Gen Z doesn't remember when we lived under three or four miles of ice. <laughs> oh, God, do you remember? And the ice
3: vampires?
1: Yeah. And then 9-11 happened.
3: Yeah. I on the now I, geez, have had now I have to have a ticket just to look at the planes, a bunch of fucking Nazis.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I have to
0: take so, off my
4: shoes
2: to get on the glacier.
0: That
4: would be inadvisable, I think. I have a friend who just got back from time in Antarctica, and it sounds like it's not a great place to live. But you know who did live on glaciers for a long time? Were the various first peoples who used to live in America, so, um. Oh wait, next slide, please. Sorry. Yes. All right. So the so so America has been you know inhabited by people for a really long time. So you get your first peoples coming over, you know, like sixteen thousand years ago. So here, pictured here is the Meadowcroft site, uh, in Pennsylvania, outside of Pittsburgh. Um, I'm not an anthropologist or an archaeologist. So we're just gonna like use the numbers that they generate? And I mean if it's you could wrong. Be.
2: Like it's it, it, you're not expressing anyone's like official views. You could just lie very easily Talk and be right. like, I I am also well, an we believe you, <laughs> too.
3: We believe you yeah. too. We're yeah. very we're
2: very <laughs> malleable, gullible.
1: I actually have seven PhDs.
3: <laughs> I just have one, but it's my pretty huge dick and um
0: uh... <laughs>
4: Okay. So, so this is Meadowcroft. Um, they have found arrowheads here that date back to between 16,000 years ago and maybe 19,000 years ago or 13,000 years ago. I don't know. We know that there are definitely people in New Mexico 13,000 years ago. So if we take those numbers, we take 16 to 13,000 years ago. That means people lived on glaciers for at least 5,000 years. We're talking. Oh, man. Yep. Every time you think about the like
2: sort of longer time scale of anthropology, it sucks to be like, oh, yeah, people not just lived entire lives, entire generations, 2,000 years of like, yeah, it's going to be a, it, it's a glacier. That's what it is. Going to stay this way forever. And then you skip, you fast forward a bit because you like, you know, get bored with the glacier and then Pittsburgh is there. Like,
0: wh- yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah.
2: <laughs> what the fuck? Pretty
4: quickly, too. We yeah. can yeah. jump from, from glaciers to Pittsburgh pretty quickly. Okay, so we, so we got people here. They're here for a long time. Um, eventually, the glaciers melt and the forest go north. So uh, by 8,000 years ago, you kind of see, you know, in Pennsylvania, the forest that we're looking at in this picture. That's about when most of that shows up. We're going to talk about what happens, why this is only kind of a representation of what our forest should look like in a few slides. Um, because of that glacial retreat, we do have a few northern remnant species here that like probably shouldn't be here, like red spruce. Uh, and then, if you go into the southwest, like uh, Aspen is kind of a hangover from when it was a lot more temperate down there, uh, and that's that's having problems now from you know climate change. But mm. so this this is how we definitely know glaciers were here. In case anyone's like, "Oh, are glaciers real?" It's like, well, we have a tree that probably really shouldn't be so, in most of Pennsylvania or wasn't glaciated.
2: Contemporaneously, uh, a guys building the pyramids, and in the future Pittsburgh, a guy is telling his kid, "Ah, uh, you know, you got pronouns now. You don't even know what glaciers were like."
1: The so glaciers were fake. This tree was introduced by the Tartarian <laughs>
4: civilization. <laughs> well, well. Speaking of civilizations, next slide. Next slide, please. Oh, it's a mistake.
2: Oh, uh, ah,
0: oh. Boo. <laughs>
2: <laughs> ah. Oh, this looks like my palace in Civ three. Interesting. And yet you live in society.
4: Yeah. So do you guys know what we are looking at here?
2: Yeah, it's Cahokia.
4: Don't look at the notes. We're looking at no, East I, St. I just, Louis. I,
2: I knew this off the dome. This is this is like a mound building Mississippian civilizations, uh the yes. largest uh, like inhabited site in North America for like until probably Philadelphia. Like
1: and yet, and and yet they did it in East St. Louis. Yes, the worst city in America.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Return with the V. Return uh, St. Louis to this.
2: Yeah build the mounds rebuild the
1: mounds well there were some mounds in st louis proper um but they were excavated for film material for fuck's Ooh, hate to sake that. there's hate to one it. that has a house on top still oh that's <laughs> oh, that house mega haunted, haunted
4: yeah that yeah. is a very haunted house <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah where i went to boy scout camp in wisconsin we had a couple of mounds and they were really cool uh and they were very much a no-go place and there was lots of fun ghost stories about them.
2: I am mounds, barrows, kurgans that's all that's all mega haunted stuff. It's it's fun that like the way these accumulated is just like you build a temple, you want to build a bigger temple, so you build it around the first temple, and you keep doing that a couple of hundred times until you get a mound with a temple on the top of it. It's great.
4: Yeah, we've we'll been doing it for a long time, doing it all over the yeah. world. Classic, classic dudes thing, right there. Dudes just love.
1: Well, I heard dude's from the digging. cultural tutor that um, oh, actually Christ. this was all somehow related uh, to the Egyptians, yeah, uh, who spread their it's, culture. It's all somehow. part of like I, one yeah,
2: one great sort of tradition, the tradition of this is how you build stuff that doesn't fall down for a long time. Actually, relatively easy to make a big pile of stuff. <laughs> uh, tell it to the like, um, tell it to the Egyptian serfs uh, before the in, surf, introduction of serf. Whatever well,
1: they, 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 they figured out how to get that thing built out of stone,
2: real fucking quick. Um, yeah. Somehow, aliens <laughs> enlisted yeah. the help of the aliens, and you yes. know what? We're we're barely doing that at all these days.
4: It's I assume pyramids couldn't be just a really cool shape that stays up for a while. That would be impossible.
1: Yeah, Impossible. Uh, no, no way, no way. That would be resistant to uh, most natural forces. <laughs>
4: <laughs> so we we have Cahokia, we have remnants of Cahokia, what hasn't been flattened and turned into St. Louis and other you know Western European settlement kind of things. Um, we have you know lots of people in the U.S. Um, I think the Mississippian mound building culture got into Pennsylvania a little bit, but we had a bunch of other cultures of people. I mean, we're talking again like. 13 to you know 16 to 13,000 years of settlement so we're going to miss some folks in there the archaeological record the is whole so good the book
2: of mormon happened in this period too like <laughs> it's, of, it's easy to get <laughs>
1: the, the, the civilization sort of devolved into uh, what we would now call the natchez tribe i believe um you know so that that was sort of uh uh they 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 have sort of this distinct uh cultural Legacy from like uh, the Iroquois speaking or the Algonquin speaking tribes, which are further east. To my
2: knowledge, um... although sure. calling them a Mississippian culture, although literally geographically historically true, does make me think of them all talking like Falcon like And I apologize for <laughs> that, but I I can't shake. The idea of like being human sacrifice, having my like
3: <laughs> indigenous having... peoples
2: just talking with the <laughs> thickest draw you ever did. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. I, I get like the heart torn out of my chest and get like rolled down the mound. Uh, you know, by a guy who talks like Falcon, my like
3: or even telling... better,
2: some guy in the in the in the Mississippi Delta
3: who's our uh, <laughs> subgroup of rednecks that only speak French.
0: Yeah.
1: I speak a, a french form of um
4: notches. i don't
1: know i don't it's, know where the, i'm going the with accent that. Is found in the soil
4: yeah. it's endemic yeah. to the landscape you <laughs> you merely adopt it it takes it takes it becomes you so mm. so we have people here we got like you know depending on the estimate in north america between three and eighteen thousand people before the europeans show up so we got a lot of people you know like place million some, right yes yeah million did i say million you said thousand, which is like, oh, yeah, uh, very oh. funny to be like, yeah, we got oh. like 18,000
2: dudes in North America.
4: <laughs> well, that's how a lot of people think that we did. But we, oh, sure, we, it was yeah. pretty well settled, pretty well settled, uh, pretty well happened, habit- you know, and populated. There's some interesting work that's coming out now about how, like, the extinction curves, the amount of extinction that goes on kind of falls off right after the Ice Age. Um, so, you know, you can make arguments that, like, you know, maybe the First Nations, like, killed off all the, li- the wildlife or... The glaciers killed stuff off, but it seems like you know, they kind of figured stuff out. So pretty hmm. smart, really good at managing the landscape around them. You know, they harvest trees to make these settlements, cut down More trees information to grow on this.
2: crops. You can you can read the Book of Mormon um, yes. and, and find out <laughs> exactly what went down with these guys. Uh...
4: <laughs> the First Nations is also really like burning stuff because it's fun and it's Very cool. cool. Oh, yeah, dude, for real! You you,
2: yeah. you, you make a, like big heaps of shit. You uh, you know maybe do a little bit of human sacrifice on the side, and you set some big fires. I mean, that's it, a that's a good time, right? Yeah,
4: yeah. I, I'm not sure how much human sacrifice. You know, they did. I don't know. It couldn't tell you. No. I don't want to be.
1: Mississippian culture, I believe, did human sacrifice, but it was sort of unique in North America in doing that. Um. <laughs>
3: And to be fair, human sacrifices usually deserved it.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's you, know, a joke. I, you know, you know, this is this is uh, why We're the little ice age occurred. Somehow. Is you know they, mm. you know, some of these cultures stopped doing human uh, sacrifice, and then the sun
4: didn't come up as strong. Yeah, the and then next God day. got
3: mad. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> keep, keep, keep. Got to keep going, man.
4: Yeah, that's the little ice age right there. Yeah. We solved that one. Figure that yeah. one out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so so we they're, started they're, they're to do uh, all
1: these kinds of. Uh, military interventions, and all of a sudden now we have global warming. We're doing too much of it now. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it's just a fine... You just need a, just a light war on terror constantly. Not a yeah.
2: full global war.
4: Well, a little bit. Just like More a flower war on terror. Yeah. <laughs> so, so they're they're out here managing landscapes. We know that they are... We know, like, in Ohio and Wisconsin and parts of Pennsylvania, they manage specifically for Baroque it's got a really big acorn and it you know fruits regularly it's what you call acorns fruiting um or masting if you want to be cool so it fruits are masts regularly and they they used to eat that i've tried acorns not a huge fan i think it's kind of a cultural thing what are you going to do you got enriched flour and sugar that beats a lot of things in nature um the it's also really good for my
0: oh
4: i love squirrels. Mm. squirrels pretty tasty yeah squirrel is pretty good <laughs> yeah big fan and then they and you don't they have burn to it like a um,
2: nixtamalize it either. You don't have to like, um, you know, like process it in saliva or whatever either, which I bet is helpful.
4: Yeah, I think you just leach it in water. Yeah. I've only <laughs> had acorn once. It's it's fine. So so they managed land for a long time, and you know they managed every the humans touched every acre and every foot of land in the United States. You know, for thousands of years, well before. You know Europeans show up, but then Europeans show up. They do a couple of genocides. You know, I think that we can. Lions of Lions Up by Donkeys is a good series on the King's King Films War. Excuse Thank me, you. that you can check out if you want to learn more about that. Like um, you for advertising my own podcast to me. <laughs> <laughs> you heard of this? Yeah. Hey, yeah. You got to you got to take the expert sometimes. Uh, so so you check so you so you do a couple of genocides. You kill them off, um, and then people westerners like they start going west and they're like oh like there's this whole wilderness thing there's virgin forest you know this untouched landscape it's not true you just killed everyone who used to be there
2: hmm. and know? sometimes so, without knowing you were killing them you like the disease comes yeah. ahead of you kills a bunch of people you walk in see like a, a a nicely sort of curated piece of geoengineering or whatever and you're like
4: man it's crazy that God did this for us. Yes. Yeah, but it was really Francois kissing somebody like ten years before, who like you know moved mm. uh, smallpox all around. It was it's always really kind of grim. Like any, any
2: sort of like narratives, uh, particularly in uh, in Mexico, if you if you like read about the Spanish conquest, where it's like uh, all of the sort of like political decision making there is like yeah, it's going pretty well. One guy's got a cough. We're not going to worry about that. Uh, and then yeah. you like yeah. you, you lose the thread a bit. You fast forward a bit everyone's fucking dead
4: the sun is as blood right yes yeah 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 Yeah, you go from like a population of like 35 million down to like handfuls Mm. craziness okay and all of a sudden
1: you don't have enough people to sacrifice it starts getting cold
4: (laughs) (laughs) that's what i'm saying (laughs) (laughs) see you you your buddy and another guy you're all looking at each other all right who's going on the mound? I love yeah. the idea <laughs> of Ron being like
3: human sacrifice coordinator for an indigenous civilization, just with like a clipboard <laughs> and a hard hat, like fraudding at people being big, like, Hey, hey, how big. you feeling? Hey, you got a. Hey, are you tracking? Hey, <laughs>
1: we have got, got a bunch of thermometers around the uh, around the, uh, the the country. You know, it's like okay, okay, we gotta kill a guy here. We gotta kill a guy here. We gotta not kill a guy there. That's <laughs> too be much, like, Oh,
3: rainfall! No, no, that's yeah, no, no good. Nah, like
1: exit
4: nah, nah. off. Like got complex.
1: <laughs> uh, that place <laughs> is real bad. We gotta kill. We gotta sacrifice a couple virgins. Like the uh, <laughs> whole village at some point.
4: Calling a guy up. Hey, you know, I really, you really. You gotta work harder on your quality control here. I see you pulling the hearts out. You're getting one, two beats. You really should get at least five, six out of that heart. Come on now. We do Send that. me the hearts.
3: Send me the hearts.
4: Osha, Osha for uh, human sacrifice. You guys keep cutting Let's their see. hands. Problem. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you gotta have say. like the oyster glove. Uh, yeah. You know. to feel a
1: tiny scratch. <laughs> You know, I I I, I gotta if these people had better administrative states, they would've you know, they would have lasted longer. That's all I gotta do. It's hard to do human sacrifice
2: it's it's hard to do human sacrifice OSHA when you're doing it in like knots and strings or like stone (laughs) like stone wheels. Uh, Yeah you really have to have like a paper industry to really like help you with this and that's yeah. just like not to get to like guns germs and steel right but that's that's one of the things that's like oh man one of those innovations really hampers your ability to control your human sacrifice levels.
4: Well the nice thing about using stone tablets or everything down is like you know when you get down to it you could just brain someone with a stone tablet.
3: Yeah that's true. When in doubt, absolutely just
2: murk a guy with a tablet. Yeah, what what are you going to do with paper? You give someone like a really bad paper cut? I'm it's really not coming out. You know. cut.
4: So, so, you know, what a lot of people have liked in their minds is what these forests look like. It's not an accurate representation of forests. Really, your age structure is probably 20% young forest. Six So young forest is a forest that's, you know, a field to like a 20-year-old stand. So, you have like thin trees in there. You see a as trees, but they're not like nice big trees. Then you have a mature forest, which is anywhere from 20 to 340 ish years old. And then you get old growth. Old growth isn't defined by age, age is just a number when it comes to trees. We have to remember that. Trees don't have time frames, they have sizes and maturities based on that. So, you know, old growth is like 400 years plus, 20%. So, you look at it, 20, 60, 20 on your time frame or on your forest structure. And we we can kind of figure this out through like, you know, wildlife populations. You know, if everything was old growth, you wouldn't have young successional forest animals like rabbits, like grouse, you know, golden wing warblers. Those don't exist if you don't have young forest. So we we know that there was stuff going on. And also like disturbance happens in the landscape. Hurricanes come through and knock trees down. You get wildfires, you get bugs. Somebody's got to come through and put in a cornfield. So disturbance happened. Okay, next Hmm. slide, please. Then we get way to more said disturbance. Agenda. Happens.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's bad. Yes, <laughs> yep.
4: yes, yes. Um, I think this is outside of the Johnstown area, actually, Um, hence the flooding.
0: Oh shit!
3: For more, please listen to "Well, There's Your Problem" episode on the Johnstown flood. Advertise my own podcast. We've got at <laughs> I,
1: least two more episodes on different Johnstown's flood coming. Yeah, we're gonna keep.
3: <laughs> I I had a I had a, a a conversation. I'm just gonna go wildly off track here. I'm gonna get this oh, podcast please. over two hours if it kills me.
0: I'm gonna uh, kill
3: you. About uh like what are we gonna do when we get up, up to episode like five hundred? Like we're gonna need to start like bribing people to like derail trains and cause yeah. industrial disasters.
2: <laughs> yeah, I had this thing that I was doing where I was uh like calling myself an anarchist and telling people to 3D print train derailers that didn't really work out.
3: Yeah, no, uh, that was that was us. We were just trying to we we're just trying to juice those numbers Agent
1: so we of can chaos. get chaos. by
2: Spotify. Yeah. I did not mm.
1: know you were Naomi Wu from Shenzhen.
2: Uh, I wear many I'm spending a lot of time in like in the gym on like arm day, you know? Yeah.
3: (laughs) I yeah, I I just like like talking to Karina because she's like, well, like the money's nice and like you know, are, how long are you guys going to go? And I'm just like, until the people cancel all their Patreon subscriptions. Until yeah, we don't yeah, yeah. make a single goddamn dollar. I mean, like, the, the, that's the, why the, I'm pleased to announce. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I mean, the thing is, right? I, I enjoy doing this. I enjoy making the content. I enjoy hanging out with my friends for work. I enjoy that people seem to like it, but also I enjoy paying rent. Um, yeah, and I I'm sure I've said this I've told the story before, but like kill James Bond my other podcast. Uh, when I started doing that, someone told me uh, it's so cool that you have uh, like a project with a defined endpoint because now nothing ever like ends. And I was like, yeah, for sure. Then we ran out of Bond movies, and I was like, fuck, we're we're not we're not ending the thing. We're just going to keep going. Uh, and <laughs> I, I suspect this is going to be the same way. This they are going to have to drag us kicking and screaming off the air.
3: Oh yeah, yes. yeah, no, absolutely. I, I, we'll be down do to the dregs, like uh, the real dregs. So <laughs> I, uh, I got, uh, we got laid off a couple of weeks ago, uh, from my nine hmm. to five. Uh, if you've got a job, uh, wtyp pod at Gmail, hit me up. But I, <laughs> uh, I was talking to Raz, and I was like, we were talking and was we just like hanging out. I was like, you know what's real fucked up is this is actually my job. Like, I should be billing for this, really.
0: Hmm.
2: Yeah.
3: Ow. Ow. Did uh, Was it Pizza Boy or Milkshake? That, that was Pizza Boy. That cat is just a motherfucker. Oh, yeah. well, Evil little shit. I, yeah, but I, he, he's so funny because Milkshake will, like, come up to you and be like, hey, like, you want to give me pats and scratches? And you're like, yeah, okay. And then fucking Pizza Boy is just looking at you with the eyes of Satan.
2: And pizza Boy like, knows exactly food, how bitch. much human sacrifice needs to happen <laughs> yeah, in these exactly. United yeah, States. Yeah.
3: <laughs> it's Raz with Pizza Boy on his shoulder like Iago from fucking Aladdin, being like, no, no, those numbers aren't right. <laughs>
4: <laughs> There's a reason the Egyptians didn't worship cats.
0: Yeah, yeah they yeah, were
3: supervisors. Yeah. Yeah.
4: If, if, if I may be so bold, Alice, I think that the Cars 2 episode of Kill James Bond is perhaps the peak of podcasting. I don't thank think it you. really gets much better than that.
2: thank you so um, much we're, we're gonna but, we're gonna take that that sort of like quality and we're gonna like really like hammer it into the ground. We are extracting perfect. every drop of surplus value from that because I it turns out I owe this guy called my landlord money to live in my apartment, even though it's unbelievable absolute dog shit so yeah
4: yeah, I mean who's among us? Who's among us yeah well, so I, I do Jones down, down here. Guys. I chose the Johnston area because I used to work around the Johnstown area. Um, really great forest now, but when we look at this picture, not a lot of trees on that hillside. That hillside Looks is like pretty the bare. Yeah,
2: of Scotland. Uh, which yeah, is well, to say is the deforested. same kind of happened
4: there. Yeah, it's the same kind of thing there. I'm not super up on European forestry. I was in England this summer for a wedding, and your your forest made me sad, Alice.
0: <laughs> Maybe sad.
4: It was like We've, a windrow, and they were like, "This is a forest," and I was like, "What? Yeah. What? This is a forest?"
2: Yeah, it's real sad. I mean, one thing I will say, particularly about Scotland, is that we we have our moments of sort of like reforestation and like rewilding and stuff, and you know, it's been a mixed bag. It, we're not doing nearly as much as uh, as we should be, if, if either. But you can get a couple of cool before and after photos where it's like the sort of moonscape gorse uh, shit that we have, like, most of the country, or most of the highlands, uh, on, on the one side, and on and on the right, it looks like fucking, you know, Disney princess forest. It's great. Um, and it's like, that, that you know, took five years or whatever, and it's like, yeah, we could just do a bunch more of
4: that. Uh, trees are, if you could say one thing about them, they're very good at growing, and they're very resilient. Well, that's two things. You could say two things about trees. I think you guys <laughs> use a lot of Dug fur out there, though. So, I would find yeah. native tree species, but. Hey, I'm not a Scottish forester. I work in, you know, the Mid Atlantic. So, what do I know about Scotland? (laughs) Okay, all right, back on track. Yeah, Hmm. yeah, getting back on track. So, (laughs) so we get these we get these westerners who show up. They farm differently. You establish a lot of fields. You you do a lot of cutting. Do a lot of burning. Um, All of the old growth hemlock comes down. Uh, It comes down not for the the wood, but for the poison people now. Yeah. Wait around hemlock. for sarin ga- for sarin to be invented, other hemlock.
2: You can just go hemlock. to the chemist and like get some arsenic, and you know just wow. put it in whatever. No, I'm you not worried think- about it. I, I'm sure I could poison someone fine. You have yeah. a really
1: nasty poison ivy rash.
3: Oh, I'm mm. fearing Another just the poison ivy. Is- the
4: last time I got poison ivy, I got it on my eyelids. It was fucking. Oh,
2: horrible. Oh, fuck. Ooh,
1: Jesus.
4: Yeah. So the last time I got poison ivy, I went to the doctor's office. I was leaking fluid down my leg, and the admin was like oh that's bad and then the nurse came in she's like oh that's bad and the doctor came in and he was like oh that's bad i was like wow thanks guys i'm leaking fluid onto your floor i didn't know that yes i concur it's bad now give me the fucking painkillers please or whatever exactly. it is that i have to do and <laughs> they had to give me some steroids which was fun okay so so they cut down the hemlock the eastern hemlock which is different from poison hemlock Do we do have poison hemlock thank you europe we will get to invasive species later so cut down the hemlock they become tannins to tan leather um, I'm not going to lie, seeing that would probably make me cry. Just these huge trees getting cut up just for bark, and just you know, huge trees left in the woods just for the bark. Um, the it's masts, like the biggest obviously... waste
2: after like, using sequoias for toothpicks, right?
4: <sighs> yeah. yeah, there's a lot of things that I'd like to go back in time if I had a time machine to change. A lot of things there. This is probably right up there. Right up there, I'm probably, I'm
1: probably
2: killing baby Hitler, but you do. Yeah,
4: yeah I was about to
1: say may, yeah. may, may, maybe killing baby Hitler would be number one, but then we get to <laughs> this. Sure.
4: <laughs> Look, if I have a time machine, lots of other people have time machines. I'm not getting in a line to kill Hitler here. No, it's just me.
0: <laughs> yeah, what if I going to do?
2: Going around the block and like brown. Now I'm in, and like 1899.
4: Is that a cat? Oh yeah, that's my cat. He's very upset that I closed the door. Show sure, us the cat. What's okay, your cat's on. name? It's Bradley.
3: It's well, not on oh. video.
4: Kevin, you don't oh, have to show us the cat. Oh, Jesus Christ. Uh oh.
3: Uh-oh. What what, Roz?
2: Kevin oh. has been compromised to a permanent end.
1: Yeah.
3: Probably not. He's still there. He's
1: sound sounded now bad. Blocking my access to the keyboard. Yeah, and he
2: hates you. It's a very feline sort of dominated podcast. Okay, he's say. a little
4: orange guy. You want me to turn my camera on? Yes, just for a uh, second.
2: Just for a second.
4: Okay, this is Bradley. Oh, yes!
2: Uh, look at Bradley! Him. He's
4: my dumb guy. Oh, oh yes. Adorable.
2: Okay,
4: He's thank just you, Kevin. A
1: guy. All right, we're good. Right, He's we just dead. so
4: nice. We. I have a second cat, Belle, and she um likes to pretend that she doesn't like me, but she really loves me, but she likes my wife a lot more. Such so is the nature of cats. <laughs> that is how it works.
3: That's why, you know, Roz's cats uh, fight over his tummy. Yeah,
1: it's,
0: this it's is the true, year yeah. is
3: twenty twenty three. Tummies are now battlefields.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> okay, Bradley, you
4: have to get off the keyboard. Okay, all right,
1: all right, doing great, doing great. My apologies, a, Devin, for editing all the sound
4: there. Okay, okay. So, so we cut. We're cutting down the big trees. Hemlocks are going to make tannins. White pine is going to make uh, Pittsburgh. We're going to make the city of Pittsburgh. Or to make Bradley, relax, buddy. Or uh, to make <laughs> uh, ships. Very
2: passionate about the city of Pittsburgh. Yes.
4: Yeah, he he really feels it. Um, the white pine, you know, it's a really big, straight, tall tree. It's we call it a super canopy tree because it can get to be 150 feet tall, and so you make masts out of that. Um, mm-hmm. And then the hardwoods in the forest, you turn to the side of the ship. You know, famously, old iron sides. Her sides have made of iron made of uh, eastern white oak growing here in the United States. So that's where all our forests go. Uh, and then we also give, make charcoal. This is kind of one thing that we forget about Pennsylvania, but we made a lot of charcoal in this state. Yeah, I don't call it a commonwealth. that's ridiculousness. Um, so, <laughs> oh, fuck yourself.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I was
4: burping midway through saying that. <laughs> so a uh, Charcoal Hearth um, is a place where they burned charcoal. They burned wood to make charcoal. They ate a, one could use at least an acre of forest a day. And, like, these things were active for decades. Um, so they're running through a lot of land. Uh, every, almost every acre of Pennsylvania is clear-cut between four and six times from, like, you know, 1800 until today. It uh, kind of depends that's on like, how close you were to a charcoal hearth.
1: That's mostly for steel, right? Or is that... Um,
4: yeah, yep. A lot of yeah. it goes to steel. Uh, a lot of it goes to firing the the, uh, lime, or the coke kilns. Uh, and then you also got to cook with something, too. So it goes into all kinds of stuff.
1: It's like a similar oh, yeah, this... thing happens in Britain, I think. Mm, yeah,
2: well,
1: I think it starts yeah. earlier.
4: <laughs> well, yeah. and unlike Britain, we're just built different. We could handle it.
2: Mm. <laughs> you can just keep going west, find more trees.
4: True. Yeah, right. You
0: don't, you don't. have to
2: like divert it heavily into a coal mining industry. You know, you just do <laughs> that we anyway. Got those
4: too. You did, yeah, you <laughs> do <laughs> that. You we do both find, because America is yeah. sort of a maximalist country. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, and then you don't just keep going on coal, even though it's clearly done. You, you don't do that. That would be silly. Yeah, shut up. That I'm would be about silly. It. Yeah, we're bringing
1: back. It's clean. It's clean coal, folks.
4: <laughs> <laughs> don't so, worry about
1: the sulfur dioxides.
2: Uh, <laughs> I never do.
4: By the end of the 1800s, you go from ni- Pennsylvania goes from 99% forest down to 30%, which is a lot of work for dudes with axes and saws. That's a lot of work. You got to hand it to them. They they went out there and they did that. And that's mostly young forests. There's very extraordinarily little old growth forest left in the whole state. You know, you can count them off There's like Cook's Forest, World's End and a couple other spots, but very little is left. You also in the process of, you know, civilizing the West, you exterminate wolves, mountain lions, wolverines, almost kill off deer and uh, pine martens and fishers got exterminated um, and driven to extinction. We almost did that to turkeys and blackberries, too, but we still have turkeys, blackberries, and deer, luckily. You do a similar hmm. thing to the plant community. Uh, and so we're doing this for a good while until... Next slide, please. Famously, the Dust Bowl Me happens.
2: reaping, or rather me not reaping.
4: Yeah. Yes. Yes, that would be the problem. That would be the problem. Um, now, obviously, in Pennsylvania, you don't get you know as big of a problem, but you get a lot of farm abandonment. And the really fun thing about Pennsylvania is the ground wants to be trees. So the forests start to b- bounce back until, next slide please, you get this. Does anyone know what this is?
0: Ew.
2: Ew. This is a photo of a yeah. fucked up yeah, tree bark, but I'm, yes. I'm <laughs> pretending not to know because I'm not looking down at the notes.
4: Yeah, no that's, that's fine. Bad. This so, is I, some I, body
2: I, horror right here.
4: Yes, mm. so this is chest There's a lot of body
2: horror in trees, huh?
4: I mean, they don't really have bodies, so yeah. Oh, no, there's but like I a mean, really fun, that, like,
2: looks horrifying when you like it, it sort of mentally translates it to a human context because we're anthropocentric, you know, brained animals.
4: Yeah, there's a really fun um, fungus. It's not, it's not oak apple, or sorry, it's not cedar apple fungus. It's not oak apple. But there's one that looks like a like an octopus is coming out of a tree. I'm forgetting the name is escaping me right now. But there's some hmm. weird stuff out there with trees. Um, but the trees aren't usually the ones doing it. It's usually the stuff attacking the trees. So this is chestnut blight. Chestnut blight is a non-native fungus. It's native to Asia, if anyone's really curious. Um, though, weirdly, when you talk about invasive species, people tend to get kind of racist when you talk mm. about invasives. Awesome. They get into, like, the whole, like, oh, like, you know, someone did this to us. And, like, usually no. Usually, like, it's the person who imported its fault. You know, no <laughs> no one in China purposely packed up a tree with, blight and send it over here you, someone spotted bought a
1: lantern fly oh we will get to that yes we'll get to <laughs> slf
4: we'll get there okay so this shows up in 1905 um and by 1940 maybe 1950 you know pick your expert uh, all the chestnut well almost all the chestnut in america are dead so th- we're going to have a really nice body count in this episode so right now i'm going to win at you know total organisms killed we're talking between three and a half of four billion trees dead
2: Jesus. Jesus, yep. And like God. chestnut was like had like a a ton of like cultural valence too, right? Like you used the chestnut for a bunch of stuff. It's good like a oh, yeah. good street tree and stuff.
0: Oh yeah, um, yeah. Oh yeah. You had I the
2: mean chestnuts
1: roasting on an open fire.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jack and that Frost song was written when it was native. native chestnut.
0: <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> yeah. So so you lose this incredibly valuable tree from you know a human perspective. The food is valuable. The bark was used in tannins. It was really important for wildlife species also it was really great to fatten up pigs for free on. you know you just run them under the chestnuts when they're masting and it's like masted almost every year unlike our oak species. Like white oak will produce acorns like almost every like every eight years if it's not happy. So this is a huge loss. and the timber is super valuable. I found one report that estimated that in 1909, uh, I can't remember if it was the U.S. timber industry or just the Pennsylvania timber industry lost twenty million dollars in 1909 dollars due to chestnut blight, which I converted it just for fun. That's about 594 million dollars today. It was one year. <laughs> so, yeah. so the loss of the species from the timber industry, impra- you know, incalculable. And the real question we get to start grappling here is how do you value a species?
2: Well, I mean, scale, we can put no, a we can put a like we can tie it to the the market there as we just did. We can see how much it makes, how much difference it makes to the big line, right? Yeah, um, I mean
4: you could. No, but you how, know, how do you most... do it? I, I would like to know. This is a serious question. Hmm. Oh. I don't know. I couldn't tell you, but I spent a lot of time thinking about trees, so to try to figure that out is not great. Uh, we still have some chess on the landscape today. They're kind of doing like you uh, know the Tom Cruise Edge of Tomorrow movie where they grow and they die and they come back and they grow and they die and they come back. We haven't Mm. found any that have been able to reproduce on their own. Uh, There are attempts at backbreeding chestnut with Chinese chestnut. It kind of works. It kind of doesn't. There's a really promising modified chestnut um, out there, which we can talk more about if you want, but um, that's that's under approval right now.
2: I read an interesting article looking at like the sort of like hunt for like, Individual like survivor chestnut trees, or like stands of trees, so, and like trying to, uh, you know, de- it, like develop some kind of like indigenous chestnut resistance rather than like back breeding, um, and and that sort of like not working for the most part.
4: Yeah, every few months people get really excited because they find a big chestnut. It's like they're out there. You can find you know chestnut that are either resistant or haven't been attacked for some reason. I don't care about the adults. What I care about are is reproduction if you look underneath those chestnut you don't find reproduction so it's not you know genetically transferable whatever Mm. is keeping that tree alive is not moving on to the next generation and that's kind of a problem that's where like this whole thing is just kind of a waste of time Mm. in my you know personal opinion
1: this is always the one of the things that got me interested in this subject is um my God, like a quarter of the forest was just murdered. And yeah. there's barely any like even cultural memory of
4: it. Um, oh, it'll get worse. Don't worry. I have <laughs> I have like way funner ones than just this. It's going to get worse before it gets better.
0: <laughs>
4: but that's in like four slides. That's in like four slides. That's why I drink at night. Um, anyway. <laughs> um, and my drinking is maybe imperiled soon. We'll see. Oh, no. um, at the same time, as you get chestnut blight, you also get butternut blight. So you have towns that are like named butternut. You have butternut squash. It's named after the tree, butternut or white walnut. Also dead. Um, I've seen, excuse me, three uh, white walnuts and they've all been in decline. So, you know, this tree is, uh, this tree even has less cultural valence than chestnut. Like I used to hunt in a place called butternut and no one knew why it was called butternut. They are like, oh, it's just the, is it the squash? It's like, no, it's the tree. it's the tree. It's the tree. <laughs> <laughs> Gone. All right, next slide, please.
1: Okay, dokie. Okay.
4: So the forest keeps growing. The nice thing about forests, especially in the Eastern United States, is st- states is they're pretty resilient. Um, so we keep growing despite the loss of two pretty important, you know, overstory species. Like we said, chestnut made up anywhere between twenty and forty percent of the overstory, depending on where you are and who you believe. So. We're down those, but we have mainly an oak hickory forest. Oh, we also lost the passenger pigeon, which has got yes. some really interesting ecological impacts. Like the flocks are so big, they broke branches and they broke trees, which co- caused like holes in the canopy what the for fuck? like oaks and stuff to recruit into. Really neat. That
1: that is that is also a wild like loss right there. How do yeah, we exactly. lose mm-hmm. the passenger pigeon? My a billion of them, right? What? I think that um, was yeah, yeah, multiple it, billions.
4: Yeah. I, I'm sorry, my terminology was not great. Uh we killed them. They were yeah. driven yeah. to extinction. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, you're fine. It's it's
2: grim to think that we're gonna do this with a bunch of like more important to us, cuter, more memorable species, but all of the auguries from like previous experience shows that we won't remember or care and you know really? be like Yeah, polar bears,
4: whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I mean we did it with the Great auk. we had the Carolina parakeet. We did it mm-hmm. with the Ivory Bill Woodpecker and we did it with the passenger pigeon.
1: Carolina you know. had parakeets?
4: Yeah, the Carolina parakeet. It was the only parakeet native to North America. Wow. It was really neat. Shit. Really cool bird. You can see some skins that they have at the um National History Museum. That's
2: depressing.
4: <laughs> yeah. I like yeah. parakeets.
2: I I read ahead in the notes so that only gets worse. <laughs> yeah.
4: Yeah, I told you, I drink at night, all right? Like this is this is not always fun. <laughs> Sometimes I get to have fun, but not most days I have a bad day. No, I hear that. Okay. So so our forest keeps growing, um, and now we are going to jump forward to today just to kind of place us in time. So today, if you look at your average Pennsylvanian forest, this is kind of what it looks like. It's an oak hickory forest. It's pretty mature. It's 60-plus years old. There's very little future forest out there when we look forward to you know, what your next generation of forest is. You got like 7% young forest and we want to be at 20. The other problem is, is if you are an organism that likes a young forest, like a golden wing warbler, you got nowhere to live. If you are the monarch butterfly who wants to live on milkweed, milkweed does not grow in a closed canopy. You You don't have plants to live on, you don't have anywhere to live, you die. So
2: well, the housing crisis, you know, gets yeah, everyone. I was about to well, say, yeah. if you just
1: zoned for forest, it would be fine. <laughs> got to do it.
4: <laughs> we got to zone for young forest, though. we can't we can't yeah. zone for this mature forest. You know this, yeah. you know, historical uh, properties. Got to go, got to go. <laughs> so you make young forest by harvesting old forest. Um, the the thing when you harvest the forest, you cut the trees down, and you're trying to let the trees underneath them grow. Your next generation of forest. Um, so when we look at what's underneath those trees, here we have a really nice regen pocket. You have little trees in here. They're gonna take over. Oh, that's not representative of most of Pennsylvania's forest. Next slide, please. And this is why.
2: This is a white tailed. You gotta deer. you gotta start killing. It's time yes. to start yes. the it's killing.
3: <laughs> You little bastard! You ruined Bambi, my garden. Bambi, we're
1: coming for you.
3: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and Bambi's mom, we're gonna
4: raise you from the dead and kill you again. Yeah, this is right next to a highway, um, so that one really just wanted to jump in front of a truck and get killed.
2: They're absolutely yeah. suicidal. Uh, like, yeah. oh, for sure. Oh my god! I've, I've, okay. So a friend of a friend of my husband's, um, uh, his parents had uh, like a yard with a ravine off to one side of it and they oh, built no. a wall covering that ravine you know so so as you didn't fall in the ravine and deer you like deer can jump remarkably high for one thing um so they would just like get in over part of this wall you know not related to the ravine to eat the flowers grass whatever um kill all of the plants in the garden by pissing on them uh, and then the second you notice that there are a shitload of deer in your garden you like flip the light on over, every deer goes, oh, fuck, I'm gonna die, runs, sprints in the direction of the wall, jumps over it directly into the ravine. It's like a buffalo drop, like, it's littered with deer carcasses, and you just have a ravine full of dead deer next to your house, and you're just like, what the fuck am I- and this happened, like, regularly. Deer are not smart animals. No. 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 Now,
1: no, yeah. Liam and I witnessed the deer run into I-95 and get just trucked by an SUV. Yeah, uh, it was we really. Di-
3: and we didn't get killed because of my
4: tremendous driving.
1: Yes, this is true. Liam is Thank very you. good at driving.
4: Slow down. <laughs> now, here's, a, here's my deer car story. One time I was driving in Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Um, I was driving to go to a race. I was running and um, it, was, it was a running race. And in one, like, three-hour drive, I killed two deer. Wow. <laughs> Good for
0: you. Good yeah, you, for you. to get one
4: of them with a the door. <laughs> basically. So the first one was a little fawn that was a little bit slow, and I broke its back leg. Uh, oh. I could feel like it crunch underneath the wheel. And, like, there are wolves and winter up there, so that one wasn't going to make it to the winter. It's fine. You have compensatory mortality. It probably wasn't going to make it anyways. And the second one... That one just it was just like I'm. I'm done with life because it just put his head down in front of the bumper of my Jeep, and it was just like toast. Just neck oh. snap. Didn't even damage. Well, I broke. I cracked a wit wh- the headlight. I had no damage on the car. He was like, "What did you do, buddy? No one made you do this." Deer are fucking stupid. If there's one thing you need
3: to know from this podcast, it's that deer are fucking stupid. Yeah, and you also have.
1: You also have to like well, Bambi did a disservice. Mm. To yes. um, deer
2: control by making deer cute.
0: Genuinely, <laughs> they're, t- they're they're like bastards. terrifying
2: animals. They can they can fuck you up too. Like if you're just on foot, they can like they their sharp hooves. They can trample you. And fucking stab you and shit. Uh, but also, the other thing about deer is that it it's one of the rare times when having a cool time with firearms is a socially responsible thing to do. Um. Cause, hunting deer can be, like, one of the only ways of stopping them from overpopulating, killing all the plants and trees, and then starving to death.
3: Yeah, you need, uh, you need to have a gun that also fires Agent Orange.
2: When I was uh, a uh, child,
1: I ran into a deer on my bike.
3: <laughs> I like how flat
1: that was, bud. He just Are ran okay? out <laughs> into the bike trail at Mm -hmm. uh south one south run recreational center in burke virginia there's a steep downgrade you could ride your bike down it was really fun i got to the bottom there was a deer that just ran out into the trail and then i smacked right into the side of it and um i fell over and um the deer fell over and the deer got up and ran away. And I got up and was like, You fucking bastard.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Little seven
2: year old Roz just like, You piece of shit. I'm
0: yeah, coming back. I was probably like, 12 or so.
2: <laughs> the thing is, right? The, we can't always rely you know on. What else. It
1: happened again when I was commuting to work when I was 22 or so. Uh, that was at Cobbs yeah. Creek Park. I did not run into the deer, but I almost did. <laughs>
2: But we can't we Very can't rely travel. on like outside things like uh, you know, ross on a bicycle or you know wolves that we've reintroduced or whatever. Like you gotta you gotta get out there and you gotta do the like cool thing and you just. We all have, have deer. personal yeah. vendettas against deer.
4: <laughs> no, Alice. In all seriousness, that's the main reason why I, I hunt. Is my my hunting ethic yeah, sure. is not about harvesting you know venison. You know, not harvesting deer to eat. Which is tasty and I like it, but it, mm. it's it's for the forest. You know, I'm a wildlife biologist. I have the the whole degree and the certifications or whatever. But I'm really I'm a tree guy at heart, and so I just go out there and I try to kill deer for the forest. And in Pennsylvania, we got like between one and 1.5 million deer. But you got to kill antlerless deer, so this one got to go. You got to kill 40 percent of antlerless deer annually to make an impact on deer population. Fuck. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're good at wow. that. They're good at that one. <laughs> Yeah. Well, so if you think about like the life history, the ecological history of deer, they had a couple of big predators. You had wolves, mountain lions, also called cougars, catamounts, pumas. They they have like four different common names, all the same cat. You have uh, wolves, cougars, and humans. Those are your three Mm. main deer predators, and we have eliminated two of them. Uh, And wolves and mountain lions aren't coming back to Pennsylvania anytime soon. No, Probably not going to come back at all.
2: Tool using ape, right? Eugene Stoner yeah. invented the AR fifteen <laughs> and you know that w- we can we can sort of like use it for good uh you know uh by killing a lot of deer more efficiently yes. than, than a mountain lion could. Yeah like, you could give he- a mountain lion an AR fifteen and couldn't do shit with it, you know. Yeah that's <laughs> the- <laughs> Not that you know, they'll evolve. Yeah.
0: Well and so oh, here, that, here's that, where then I'm then gonna put we'd a plug be in screwed. <laughs>
4: If you, like, don't feel comfortable around guns, you don't have to use guns. You can use crossbows. I use oh, a crossbow. Yeah. I like oh, it a lot fun. more with my rifle, to be very honest. It's quiet, it's lighter, and it's free to shoot. Whereas every time I pull the trigger, it's like, that's 250. That's 250. That's 250. <laughs> Plus, I'm you're kidding. like, this depositing is the like, I don't shoot lead.
2: lead. into the environment as well. Like, oh, yeah, I, the, I use non-lead ammo. Hmm. Which, like the the fucking firearms industry, is like badly slacking on, is my understanding. Uh, like yeah. both like availability of and development of uh, lead-free uh, ammunition. They're really, I mean, availability of, um, of ammo is tough.
1: They're mm. really sort of you know sort of focusing not on the hunting industry but on the mass shooting industry, which <laughs> yeah. I think is a mistake. because um, <laughs> you you can mass shoot deer and people will bring call you a hero.
2: Um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, us.
4: Yeah.
2: You can be as oh, yeah. anti social as you like uh, about deer hunting, you know?
4: Big fan. I'm a big fan of it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you gotta do it for the
2: like, forest. Genuinely, though, like, uh, whenever sort of like gun control comes up, you get like Democratic politicians to be like, um, you know, we don't want to sort of impinge on the rights of the honest, upright, you know, upstanding American sportsman or woman who. You know, goes out and like shoots one or two deer and like you know makes you know cooks the venison or whatever. No, we shouldn't be encouraging that. We should be encouraging the sort of the cultural rancidity of American firearms culture deployed exclusively (laughs) against deer. I shot forty deer in a day. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, good <for> him. We, <laughs> di- do we already did that
2: against, like, uh, we did that against bison. And, like, we got to redress that injustice by doing it against the species that actually has it coming for once.
4: <laughs> yeah. I mean, d- d- depending on who you talk to, probably what beat bison back was uh, barbed wire. They did mm-hmm. a lot of the damage on bison. Um, they do that in New Zealand because um, the only native mammals in New Zealand are like three species of bat. And so they'll do a lot of aerial gunning. On like stags and some of the other species out there. Oh yeah, they're really into it there. Fucking yeah, that like. I mean, it just I think I think it's sort of like
2: overmooting a deer from a helicopter. Oh oh, yeah, yeah. You you are a cervine, right? Like you you are a deer with like two brain cells banging together, and we're gonna get to what those brain cells are doing uh, in in the rest of this slide. But like, and then a guy (laughs) in a helicopter comes and shoots you with a gun, like. (laughs) Th- that's that's beyond an outside context problem. That's uh, there, thereby uh, saving you from yeah. dying from a prion disease, disease.
4: or a ditch <laughs> or whatever. I, yeah, mm-hmm. I would say that we put a we put a pin on the prion disease. And we can come back to that in like three sentences. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, well we can get into chronic wasting disease discourse in a moment. We gotta finish the Shit dear, That though.
2: gives me nightmares. Oh
4: yeah. Oh, you and me both. Yeah, you and me both. <laughs> I've had more than a few. Not sleepless nights, but sleep interrupted nights because of it. But we'll get there. That's a later thing. That's a that's a three minutes from now question. That's okay, so, so we have all these deer out with here. Your
0: thoughts. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh.
2: Hey, uh. hey, you know what's you know what's a fun thing to deploy against someone who's got a health anxiety is uh, diseases that like whose transmission is extremely resilient and whose symptoms are extremely nebulous. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's real fun. Oh, Grew up in Britain in oh, the nineties. So, Gonna so be old. paranoid about that for the rest of my fucking life. Oh, I'm so. Old. I mean, on the
4: bright side, there's nothing you could do about it.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Just, cool. yeah, that's it.
4: Yeah. It takes usually uh, fifty years for symptoms to manifest. Mm-hmm. No, I don't cool. think. It's, maybe it's twenty years. I can't remember exactly. No
0: one knows. On double digits. No
2: one. No one knows. Which is. Mm, mm.
4: Ah, We are all controlled by the prion. (laughs) I would simply not have my uh, proteins unfold. That's what I would do.
2: What what we've got to do, as a policy prescription here, is... um, Kill a lot of deer, not eat the meat yeah. and like be it, be the vegetarian uh, deer mass shooter <laughs> uh, I do this I do this for ethical reasons, I
3: say
4: as I reload put my photo.
1: Put it all on a a 20 huge, you, gotta, you gotta
4: be at least using a 30 odd six. Also yeah. in Pennsylvania, this is the other thing that gets me about hunting discourse. Um in Pennsylvania you have to use either pump action, um, lever action or um Oh, what is my Bolt action guns. You can't use semi-autos. No, so you we, can't. So we, we, you know, we're, you, we're very you, weird about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's fine. Like if you're going to shoot a deer, you it takes a while to deal with them after you kill them. So you really only need one, one shot. Love it's to usually fine. A in my let get a buck.
3: Love to have fun here.
4: Yeah. Okay. So, so deer been overpopulated for a long time, like thirty plus years in Pennsylvania. So they've eaten through everything. I mean, I'm talking like like we had like like lists of like what is non-preferred browse what deer aren't going to eat because they have small stomachs so they can't eat everything like elk will eat grass they're a lot more like cows than deer deer are what we call selective browsers and so they've selected through everything they like to eat they're getting into the stuff they don't like to eat um, <laughs> they're changing the forest it's like the dominance of the forest Like you go from like oak oak hickory stands to just like sweet birch because they don't like sweet birch which is a problem that we'll discuss later uh, we've lost a lot of shrub layer in our forest, which has caused a reduction in bird populations. So if you're wondering where some of like like Wait, the so, bird so decline for,
3: goes, deer. For clarification, are we're we redoing the forests to avoid deer, or they've just chewed through everything?
4: Oh, they've eaten it all. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Thank they you. Eat, thank they, you. They I they wasn't sure. No, no, the the a lot of the a lot of regeneration is right there on the screen. It's in that one. And it, it's friends. Mm. Okay. Um, so now they're eating things that they don't want to eat. Like we've discussed for the last ten minutes, it's the only way we can control deer is hunting, particularly with antlerless deer. Um, if you don't like guns, that's fine. It's called archery equipment in the U.S. I don't think you can use archery equipment in a lot of European states and countries. No,
2: it's, it's not legal here. Yeah, uh, I don't like bow hunting anything like that is not is not legal here, and we have like less restrictive firearm laws for hunting than people tend to think uh but like still quite restrictive. Um,
4: I, honestly my crossbow is the same knockdown power as the rifle. It's fine, it's fine. Your the- oh, is like, when they don't have a heart. Yeah. You were
1: mm-hmm. hearing it here first from a leftist podcast, folks. Uh, even if you're a vegetarian or a vegan, it is still your duty to go out and kill
2: animals. Yes, yeah. your moral duty, and we are
3: not you joking animals, about that Not like yeah. in the Hi, ambient, Dad.
2: but like deer specifically. Um, like
4: oh yeah, yeah, no, can't have too. According
2: to the dictates of your own sort of like local uh, wildlife and forestry
4: <laughs> authority. <laughs> okay, yeah, sure, whatever.
2: <laughs> but do like Guerrilla gardening, but just like kill any deer you see.
4: I would say legal and ethically harvest them, but uh, you know what? To each their own. Each everyone has their own set of ethics. I can't dictate your ethics. Like, like,
2: <laughs> at, th- at this point, they're fucking up the forest so badly that, like, a uh, uh, sort of like. A forestry biologist is like, yeah, no, you can fucking war crime him if you want. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I mean, don't give a shit. I am the deer
1: commissar.
4: Like, <laughs> <laughs> not one step back. Um, so we, have, The Amish do some really interesting drives, which are not always fun to be around if you're not part of the drive. Um, that's a later... That's a, that's, a, that's a different story for a different time, is what that mm. one is. But there's a lot of lead flying in deer season if you go into some places with some people. Uh the Commissar is less of a joke than we would hope it would be. Um okay, so so we we had mentioned chronic wasting disease. How much do you how much do you guys want to get into chronic? I do chronic stuff. We could talk about it. We cannot. Up to you.
0: Uh, I want to talk yeah, about sure. it. yeah, let's do I the body Horror. Yeah. yeah.
4: Let's, let's, let's yeah, body okay. yeah. <laughs> we we've talked yeah, about
2: prions before because we talked about them on um God, when did we talk about them? When did we talk uh,
1: was it oh, the 2025 episode I think, no. it, was. I think yeah, it was I think it, because, it was
2: yeah. yeah it came up when i was talking about proteins with tom um so a, a prion is a, a, a misfolded protein uh it, it gives the wrong instructions and uh like it's not um like it's not like a virus it's not like a bacterium they you know they they have kind of a way of persisting on things and in things and have a very sort of like long latency between when they're around, and when you start to like notice the effects, but the effects are horrifying. Um,
4: yes, correct, Alice. You get you get bonus points today in your podcasting class. Yes, all of that's <laughs> <Wow>. right.
2: <laughs> Possible um, to achieve, normal to want. Um,
4: yes. Okay, so so to to add on, so we there are a couple of other known prion diseases. There's scrapie, which is found in uh, sheep and goats. For a while, a long time, we didn't think it could move to humans, but we now believe it can move to humans. We haven't had a case of, you know, we call it, in humans, it manifests as Krumholtz-Jakob's disease, which is CJD, if you look it up. Um, so we haven't linked a case of Krumholtz-Jakob's disease to Scrapey. Um, the fun thing about the prion, oh, let me step back. So um, prion protein is a highly conserved gene across most mammal species. Uh, in what it, what the prion protein does for us, there's a lot of things and we're not exactly sure all the things it does. We believe it moves copper around the body. We believe it has stuff to do with sleep regulation and um, you know dealing with hormones and all kinds of there's like three or four other things that I can't think of off the top of my head. I I have a whole other hour of presentation we could do chronic on. Um, that is a very black-pilling conversation if we would choose to have that. That um, is a you know, we we could talk about it later, but mm. um, but basically what happens is when you're when you know it misfolds. You slowly get this cascading effect of like it just doesn't work and then it aggregates and then it, it tells your like a couple of misfolded prion protein misfold the rest of your prion protein and your brain falls apart you get holes mm. in your brain so it's called the transmissible spongiform encephalopathy is what these diseases what is a
3: goddamn know.
4: fuck yeah. don't worry i got you i got you so <laughs> a transmissible means you can transmit it spongiform means you're it becomes a sponge and encephalopathy is a brain thing, so your brain becomes a sponge. Mm. That's medical talk for it. Um, so, the delicious CWD- piece
1: of Swiss cheese.
4: Yeah, basically, mm. yeah. So, CWD is a transmissible, is a TSE, is a, a transmissible spongiform encephalopathy for cervids. Other famous ones are kuru, uh, famously shown in the Book of Eli, and uh, mad cow disease or uh, bovine spongiform encephalopathy. Once again, mm-hmm. incephalop- sponge-form encephalopathy means brain becomes sponge. Famously, as, brains as, should not be sponges.
1: As no. Alice is terrified of.
4: Yes. Yeah, well, I'm terrified
2: of all of these, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but the thing is that uh, the, the bovine B- BSC, uh, which leads to variant CJD, is um, something that came up because for a long time in uh, like factory farming of beef in the United Kingdom, we would feed cows the like brain matter of other cows, which is like a bad thing to do, right? Uh, yeah. But it saved it saved some money, um, and we had a few cases of people's brains falling apart, um, and the government sort of like went heavily in on like everything is fine, and this was the nineties. This was thirty years ago. So far, single digits, low single digits, kind Ooh, no, of no, getting away
4: no, with no, it. Triple. Triple 200.
2: Really? Jesus. 200. Okay. Oh, well, okay. Yeah. Alice, you're yeah. screwed. Disregard that. I'm. Yeah. But like the other <laughs> thing is that that long latency that I mentioned is it is impossible to predict and could be 50 years, could be 60 years. And so, like, a lot of the, as I understand it, the health surveillance in the UK is just like, oh, uh, there, there, there may just be this thing just waiting to like go off and like a bunch of people's brains just turn to sponges. Um, yeah, that's
1: probably that's probably how the trans panic got started. Is always
2: appearing <laughs> in people's heads. <laughs> well, I mean, this is the other thing, and this is the other thing that's like very, very troubling. If you have a sort of a health focused anxiety disorder, is uh, disorders of the brain uh, sort of very nebulous, very multifarious symptoms, uh, particularly with encephalopathies. It, it, like you, you look up this stuff, and like. like impossible to diagnose in a living person. You can diagnose it post-mortem. Symptomatic diagnosis is somewhere on a spectrum between emotional changes, whatever that means, and uh, death, right? (laughs) And (laughs) like, that's, you know, he's kind of like very, very difficult to, uh, you know, Respond to that. There's no like treatment for any of this aside from palliative care. And even that's, you know, not not saying much when someone's brain is turning a sponge. And oh, yeah, uh, all, it's
0: game over.
1: Yeah.
4: yeah and like, and all, all of this is like, like
1: some kind of like
2: filler mm. in there, you know, um, fill in the holes, but patch it up with some Bondo, you know,
4: <laughs> perhaps make it more rigid. Yeah.
2: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um and, and the other thing about this is the the transmissibility part, which is that prions have a way of uh just surviving on stuff like surgical instruments.
4: Um I I'm gonna, I'm gonna fight you su- for one second. They don't survive because yeah, they're not alive, they just hmm. exist. Exist, it's,
1: it's yeah. Very difficult to get rid of.
2: Yeah. hmm Yeah. And and this is another thing where like now we would tend to dispose of surgical instruments and we would like Autoclave things, and we would just not reuse things. That was not the case for a long time. And so, one of the potential things to worry about is not just you know you ate a burger in Britain in 1997 or whatever, but that like you had surgery in Britain at any point until we started doing that, and like you know, just like a long chain of causation goes all the way back to like cow eating cow brain. Um, all of this what? is fucking terrifying.
4: So just to drive a little, just a little like <laughs> yeah. little little like button on top, just a little like little mm. something extra here. There's a famous case in uh, prion circles, which are not circles you really want to hang out in. They're kind no. of not f- fun places all the time. Um, so there was a person who had surgery; they had brain surgery because you know they had a prion disease, and the doctors weren't super sure what it was. So they had brain surgery. Uh, the person died of you know the uh, CJD the equipment went into storage. You know, it was clean, went to storage for a couple of years. Someone else had to have brain surgery at that hospital. They got the brain surgery equipment back out, and the person who they did surgery on got you know, a prion disease from the equipment, even though it had been mm-hmm. cleaned, put into storage for several years, cleaned again, then used. Yeah, yeah. it's real not fun. Um, the other so, really so, so- not fun part of CJD, or sorry, uh, chronic wasting disease is it persists, unlike, you know, BSE, it persists in the soil. So, Mm. you know, a a deer can get chronic wasting disease not from just interacting with other deer, but from eating plants that have taken up the uh, prion protein.
1: Yeah, this is the fun part. What if Mm. the most ubiquitous wildlife in your region all had prions? This if is we, what
4: we're uh, dealing
0: with.
4: Okay, so so here here <laughs> I gotta I have to do this. This is where we're gonna step right outside of the scientific literature for a moment, for a moment, <laughs> because we don't know if chronic wasting can jump the species barrier. The species barrier appears to be very high. Chronic has been around since the '60s. No one has gotten a prion disease from chronic wasting disease. We haven't seen elevated levels of prion diseases in areas with long-term chronic wasting disease, but. I, this is where my brain goes to instantly. You have a free ranging wildlife species that likes to eat corn that has a prion disease, that uh, hangs at, in cornfields, and that prion can be transmitted through plants. <laughs> Fill in the blank. <laughs> mm. um, and then the other fun thing is the prion persists on basically every material for a long mm. time. Excuse me.
2: Yeah. I mean, the good news. (laughs) The good news is. Yeah, well, I I,
3: I just. I I am desperate for your good news here, Alex. Okay. Okay.
2: I'll do my best to put an optimistic slant on this, right? Uh, Which is two things. One of them is concrete and backed by the scientific evidence, the other one is cope, right? Uh, So, which one do you want first?
4: Oh, both. Give give it to us uh, uh, uh,
2: I'll give you you the cope one first. Okay, uh, this is an active locus of study, right, Um, uh, and like a lot of resources go into this, perhaps not as much as should, uh, but when you consider that, you know, we we did manage to shake off a potentially civilization-ending pandemic, with a lot of people dying, but we, you know, did stop it dead in its tracks on no notice you can kind of go hey you know maybe the uh, fucking you know if we're putting all our hopes in carbon capture on the basis that like someone will come up with something it's not unreasonable to like confront something as terrifying and be like someone will come up with something because maybe someone will you don't know um yeah. maybe someone will make the brain more rigid um <laughs> that's the copium right. one the the sort of like the sane one the uh the other one is if you take the sort of like most frightening option, which is the people who get like CJD or VCJD, um, like now or the past 20 years are sort of the early adopters, right? And they're just the like, you know, crest of a wave that is coming. If you still get, you know, 40, 50, 60 years out of it, um, there's worse deals. It's It's a horrible way to die, but like 50 or 60 years of like, otherwise dormant quality of life is like, you know?
4: Yeah. Know, that's very, you That's fair. The if other if you feels get so the prion, good. Thank you. If
1: you get the prion, <laughs> you have 50 or 60 years in which to buy an AR and kill every deer you see.
4: <laughs> yes. Well, yes. So Welcome to we, hell, Bambi. This is how I usually wrap up my C, CWD detox. it hasn't made the jump. It has made the jump in lab animals, but we have cured cancer a number of times in mice and in monkeys and we still get cancer so because you can do something in a lab does not mean you can do it in real life you know so we got that going for us the species barrier is high and we got that going for us um now because this keeps me up at night i will be going to there's a national cw international cw conference so i'll be going to that because this just keeps me up at night but Mm. um don't find me there do not look for me by the way No okay I,
2: mean, I guess yeah. I guess the other thing is is to say that like you have to rest- like at the end of the day uh and i'm I'm deploying all of my weapons of of talking therapy here that I've learned against this because the facts as we've established them, are fucking terrifying, but sometimes part of being a person is you learn some terrifying facts and then you still have to get up the next morning right uh and we don't want you to kill yourself because you listen to this podcast so no, we want you to kill deer. Yes, exactly. Yes. You, you have to uh, yes, a, that a find purpose in other things, like killing deer. But B, also a- at some point, you just have to take shit as it comes. Like that. That's just a sort of like that's a serious coping skill we all need to have as shit gets worse. Is just the ability to gaslight yourself and go, okay, whatever. I still have work in the morning.
4: Was the other really fun thing that you can do? I'm not a creative oh, writer. It. What's up? Doc? But if you oh.
0: <laughs>
4: if you wanted to do some really fun creative writing, is you could like you know write a dystopian future where people have gotten it's jump the species barrier, and that would be a very interesting, you know, and novel sci, sci-, sci-, sci- sci-fi thing.
0: Mm.
4: Okay, uh, well that's been fun. Let's let's uh, talk dude, about some other fun stuff. Fuck yeah. it, fucking slide.
2: fucking like your 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 poor prions that all of the heat has been stolen by uh the fungus guys. Who also have plenty of reasons to terrify you, but have just like monopolized <laughs> the discourse on this one, you know?
4: Yeah. I mean, Last of Us come on, Zombieland came out earlier. I mean, sure, that was BSE, not really an accurate representation of how primes rep, you know, manifest in humans, but Zombieland did it already.
0: Mm. Yeah.
4: Okay, next slide, please.
0: Yes.
1: Hi, it's Justin. Uh, so this is a commercial for the podcast that you're already listening to. Uh, people are annoyed by these, so let me get to the point. We have this thing called Patreon, right? The deal is, you give us two bucks a month, and we give you an extra episode once a month. Uh, sometimes it's a little inconsistent, but, you know, it's two bucks, you get what you pay for. Um, it also gets you our full back catalog of bonus episodes, so you can learn about exciting topics like guns, pickup trucks, or pickup trucks with guns on them. The money we raise through Patreon goes to making sure that the only ad you hear on this podcast is this one. Anyway, that's something to consider if you have two bucks to spare each month. Uh, Join at patreon.com forward slash WTYP pod. Do it if you want. Or don't. It's your decision, and we respect that. Back to the show. Uh, it's the official "Well, There's Your Problem" podcast stance that you should kill every deer you see. <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> that's right.
4: That's right. As a precaution
2: yes. or as you know, uh, revenge, depending yeah. on how you feel about it.
4: Yeah, revenge. Let's be clear. <laughs> yeah, whatever, whatever, whatever floats your boat. Whatever kills your deer, I'm fine with. As long as it's legal and ethical, I'm cool with it. Happy for you. I encourage mm-hmm. you. Love to see you out there. I'll take you out myself and teach you how to kill them. Okay, so. <laughs> This plant that we are seeing is not native to the United States, however, this picture is taken in Pennsylvania. This is Japanese stiltgrass. This is what we call an invasive species. So there are lots of non-native plants that you can find in America. You can find all kinds of like eggplants and broccoli and all that kind of stuff. Those are non-native plants. An invasive species is a non-native plant that can replicate itself outside of captivity for 10 plus years. Can expand and it does damage, either socially, economically, or ecologically.
1: Like kudzu, right? has a lot
4: of invasive species. All right, sir, what was that?
1: Oh, I was like 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 kudzu.
2: That's the classic one, right?
1: Oh yeah, mm, kudzu. Yeah.
4: Kudzu is a classic. I would what's I would the, like.
2: What's the East German like communist invasive species? Is it milkweed or hogweed? Um.
4: Uh, we've given you guys. Um hogweed you gave to us we gave you uh um, milkweed we also gave you guys black locust. it was imported intentionally um and then you didn't the germans didn't quite figure out that it was gonna go um mm. and it went yeah it's a problem yeah. it's a problem Hog, there
1: hogweed's the one that kills you if you touch it right
4: i don't think it kills you it's just i think it's an you're out it's um you know a big like itching thing mm. uh, that's more of a farm thing i don't deal with farms
1: They've they, they tried to guy. eradicate it from the United States, but there's like three plants outside of the Israeli embassy that they have not been able to kill yet.
4: Um, so the thing with invasive species, I I have this later in the slides, so we'll talk about it now, um, is that we like to bring them in. We do this to ourselves most of the time. This is not that's like... That's
2: what really
4: hurts. Yeah yeah so so we yes. do this to ourselves and then we don't pay attention to these non-native plants until they become a problem so like with you know this is an insect but with spy fly, we knew about it when it showed up in the port of philadelphia we knew about it when it got to pittsburgh and we just didn't do anything and when i say we didn't do anything i'm looking at the railroads didn't do anything they just didn't take biosecurity seriously because they're like we are you know a tier one railroad we do what we want yeah, <laughs> yeah. So meanwhile, there's I was stopping them as
1: fast as I could.
4: <laughs> yeah, there's a very fun hey, study about could... the relation of uh, spider lanternfly invasions and findings in railroads. It's like ninety plus percent.
2: But I will say one thing in the defense of Class One railroads: they kill a shitload of deer. <laughs> yeah, they have oh, the
1: whole yeah. thing you, on the front. You, yeah, you could you can you regularly see one of those big locomotives with like a pink mist on the front of it from <laughs> several <laughs> deer
4: it killed. They'll kill a moose. They'll, they'll kill a moose. I've heard tell of their moose, a car you know, bull moose in documents. the rut. Sorry, what was that?
1: I said they'll kill a car and its occupants. Um, <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. they'll, they'll even drive for Ohio. Yeah. <laughs>
4: <laughs> you know, I, I'm not going to say critical support for trying to kill Ohio, but like, oh. not a huge Ohio fan. Not a huge Ohio fan, but not critical support. Ohio's okay. don't, don't hurt Ohio anymore. Yep. It's already Ohio. So we have 140 non-native invasive species, terrestrial plants in Pennsylvania. We got a lot of them. We are at a really fun intersection of three major ecosystem types. We have the Appalachians. We got some of the Southwest and the Coastal Plain around you guys in Philly. And then we have the Northern forests and the Northern region up by kind of Erie, Kane area. So that's where we get all the non-natives. We also have a couple of really fun things. So invasive species are directly linked to international commerce and shipping so we have the port of philly uh, you know we got baltimore right there and then we also have new york is pretty close so we get all of the invasives we get them all fun thing for us yeah. um, <clears throat> sorry i'm still yeah. thinking about prions no it's That's okay good. don't worry i just wanted <laughs> to think about them too much All right. so so invasives basically are a problem baby. <laughs> They they prevent you know, native plant growth. They also hurt wildlife. Nothing can eat this. Goats don't even eat stilt grass. They don't like it. It's too. It's got too much silica. Bog turtles cannot climb through this. It is too thick for them because they're just little guys. If you're at home, just Google bog turtle. Maybe Dev will be nice and drop in a picture of a bog turtle. They're cute bog little tassel. guys. Oh Yeah, they're just cute little guys. Hmm. They're just little buds.
2: He doesn't know what a prion is.
4: No, no, and he's not going to get infected by a prion because he's a reptile.
2: Yeah. So, so like, we're, we're, we're all fucked, but like he's good, you know? Yeah, well, yeah I've yeah. seen it's one just, of
4: these guys before.
0: Thing.
4: Yeah, they're cool. They're neat. Oh yeah. He's yeah, a cute little they're, guy. They're just yeah. cute little guys, but they can't yeah. move this, it's too thick for them, especially when they're little guys. Like when mm-hmm. they're just hatchlings, can't move through it, they die. Ah, um, oh. Alright, so yeah. two
2: things. Kill every deer you see, and like get a scythe. A scythe, um, yeah. Just like a flamethrower, you know?
4: Oh, it's well, yes. you we Talking the about Agent I Orange? Yeah. I, that was you know, not a fan of chemical companies. You know, Bear took part in the Holocaust, Dow did Agent Orange. Uh mostly we try to control these through chemical means because that's really the only thing that works on a lot of these. So you gotta get out there and spray them with chemicals. If biocontrols work, they wouldn't be so invasive. Purple loose Strife has a biocontrol that works. Knotweed does not have any biocontrol that works. Oh, uh, Silkrest does not have any. You really got to get out there and spray these things. Kind of the only thing that really works. Mm. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so that's fun. Um, mm. Got to
1: hit them with the old
4: Roundup. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah usually we use, so in forestry, we use glyphosate and triclopyr for the most part. Um, here you would use sulfametron, uh, which is not Roundup. It, roundup is a glyphosate. And those are actually really tame chemicals when it comes to pesticides. Um not a chemist forester, so like if you want to get into chemical discourse you guys go off
2: <laughs> no no that's
4: fine i'm still I, thinking I don't about, oh, about uh, i like, prions <laughs> yeah yeah afraid so. you got to leave that behind else we're we're past I'm doing, prions I, i'm i'm doing we my moved best to move past the prions leave them mm. behind we're going to find, find something us. worse is something like a
2: conservative Plants. parsi minister in like 1992
4: I am about to tell you what the death of a couple more billion individuals catch up. Come on now. Okay. 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 Mass deaths. Mass deaths. Yeah. 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 Deaths. Well, I guess this is, <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah,
4: yeah. I guess it's hundreds of thousands for sure. Potentially billions. Okay. Moving on. We're talking about the loss of species, genuses in a second. So uh, the other really fun thing about invasive species are because deer eat most of the forest. There's a lot of open niches. And so, The invasives come up because you got nothing left out there except for what deer don't eat. Um, There's some really interesting research about how uh, non-native honeysuckles are changing the colors of cedar waxwings, and they're becoming not sexy to female cedar waxwings than males, and so reproduction is going down because they can't eat or because the females don't find them sexy. Pronouns. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah. These are also Uh, useless to native insects. Hmm. Oh, I have podcasted already for an hour this morning. Come on, catch up, guys. <laughs> All right, next
2: slide. I'm doing good. This, this has the energy of being like I'm, I feel like I'm being led through the forest on a, like a guided
4: hike. You know, I'm struggling for breath, baby. Come on, you I see do like, like 50 a... of those a, a year. This is nothing. We're, yeah, it we're shows. getting started.
1: I'm seeing a lot I'm, of fuzzy caterpillars here. I'm a Ooh. real fun
4: guy outside of my work. My work is not fun. <laughs> okay, so. Liam, you guys might know, Liam and Justin, you guys might know what this is. What is this?
1: This is a lot of fuzzy caterpillars.
4: Yeah. So this is Spongy Moth. Uh, it oh, had yeah. a Ugh. previous name, which we're not going to mention on this podcast. Oh, oh is that's it a racist?
2: Jesus, uh, yeah. yeah. it really is. Yeah. Okay. Can yeah. you, can you yeah, tell yeah, me, like, satisfy my curiosity? And we have Dev Belief, but what, what was the. moth? Oh, okay.
1: Oh, okay, I've heard sure. of that. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah for yeah. sure.
4: That, I was uh, renamed uh, a Spongy Roma, Moth.
1: Roma people moth.
4: Well, so <laughs> it was renamed to Spongy Moth to be in line with what the French call it. So there's one French asshole that we have to blame for this, actually. This guy, uh, 18 Truvalu. Um, I'm probably saying the last name wrong, but, you know, whatever. Fuck him. He imported this species. Mm. All right. So yeah, um, He was he less racist this... about naming it than us. <laughs> uh, he's French, and they're, you know, Roma people. So let's not yeah you know mm -hmm.
3: too much credit. yeah yeah Yeah. let's
4: not get into that so so they he brought this he brought spongy moth to the u.s because he wanted to hybridize it with some native moths that we have and create a silk industry um in the 1700s this will surprise you but european moths and american moths not related didn't work Ah. so he gave up on the experiment he just let him go and then he went off to become like pretty important in early astronomy
2: huh who would yeah. just okay. really be like a renaissance man at that point literally well not literally oh yeah like hundred
4: sure. years later but like
1: it's gonna go import something else next like elephants or lions or something <laughs> mm-hmm.
4: so so homie walks away from these they escape um if you look up uh spongy moth there's some really interesting pictures of like guys way out on the tips of these branches trying to pick these caterpillars off Excuse me again. Surprisingly, um, trying to pick off and squish individual caterpillars when they have a population of this size does not work. Um, there's really no control for these. These will defoliate entire mountainsides. We saw some bad defoliations this year. I'm expecting to see some more next year. Um, and again, this will surprise you. Trees don't like it when they lose all their leaves.
0: Mm. Can't believe
4: tend, to, tend to die. Can we I can we these, not import like
2: another deadlier invasive species to eat them?
4: Oh yeah, like the Simpsons. Uh, the Simpsons bit the mongoose. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so there's a native virus, and we're we're gonna get to how this all falls apart in a second. So, you, there's a couple. You might be able to see it in the video. You can definitely see it in the presentation. There's a couple of caterpillars that are kind of flipped over. So the ones that have, are flipped over in like a reverse V, um, those have this virus that makes their intestines explode and spread the virus. It's a native virus. And then the ones that um, are just dead and kind of have like a regular dead to the tree, those have gotten uh, Bt, which is a native, uh, ba- I can't remember if it's a bacteria or fungus. All right, don't, don't, don't quote me on this one. Two so potential apocalypses right there. Yeah, so, so, so it kills them. And we can spray um, insecticides. We spray Bt, which again, native fungus. We spray Mimic, which is an insecticide. The problem is to control spongy mouth populations, you have to get 99% kill. Which is difficult to do. It seems
3: ambitious. Yeah.
4: Yeah, mm. it doesn't really, you know, you, you can knock down populations. You can't eliminate it. Uh, it just keeps spreading. And the other thing is these guys fly. Not just like when they're moss, but this caterpillar, it'll throw strings out and it'll fly down the mountain.
1: I used to see these guys all the time back uh, when I was a kid and riding on the Washington Old Dominion Trail.
4: Yeah, they have kind of a boom and bust cycle. Some people will tell you they're naturalized. I don't think they're they're just incredibly damaging. But this is just yeah. one of the invasive insects we have. So next we get into, here's where I promised you millions and hundreds of millions of death. Here, here it oh, is, oh, yeah. emerald ash borer.
1: Let's, go, let's get some mega deaths, yeah.
4: Oh, wait, no, mm. no, no, don't go forward. Go back, go back. Oh, We're sticking with wait. the invasive insects. Okay. Yeah, we climate change hasn't really hit us too hard yet. So we have uh, emerald ash borer uh, driving ash to extinction across the state. We have pumpkin ash, green ash, and black ash. 99% fatal in green ash, uh, 98% fatal in pumpkin ash, and 88% fatal in black ash. So that whole genus is headed right towards functional extinction. And then if you look across the U.S., we're probably going to lose like 2 billion ash. So... Jesus fuck. Yeah, that about, is a genus out the window.
1: I hear about diseases like this, and I'm kind of like, why hasn't this? why haven't we had a disease like this kill all of
2: the humans? You know...
3: Well, COVID sure tried, but
1: I yeah. tried, but it
2: wasn't very I, again, good. Again, I'm I'm back to the cope thing. Medicine, like we we invented, like uh, systems of like uh, diagnosis and treatment and quarantine I mean, and shit like that.
4: The the only upside to EAB is it's 99 percent, 99.99 percent fatal. So you can find that 0.001 tree that's not killed. Um, they're having some success regenerating s- some ash in parts of michigan where it's been for a very long time they've managed to establish some parasitoids um is that possible for everywhere i don't know i don't know Hmm. okay so that was that was eab next we have i'm sorry that just that's just it there's no there's no out the next is uh, hemlock woolly adelgid so hemlock is our old growth forest condition important to keep streams cold um, hemlock wooly adelgid kill hemlocks of five to seven years, uh, moving its way rapidly across the state. This is not the first time I've said it. it; won't be the last. I don't think. I think if things don't change soon, we're looking at the functional extinction of hemlock within twenty years. So functional oh, extinction means twenty
2: years time. We'll have some. We'll have some bigger problems, maybe. And we'll
4: know if we have pine on disease. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah maybe. So, so uh, functional extinction is different from like total extinction. So there will still be some on the landscape. But not enough to do their ecological role. So, hemlock, write that one off. Put that one in the bin. Um, oak wilt is picking up. Oak wilt, a non-native fungus. Excuse me. We also have beech bark disease and beech leaf disease. Beech bark disease is uh, an, in, an insect and two non-native fungus that kill mature beech. Beech leaf disease is a really new one. It's a nematode, and potentially something else, that kills small beach, so we're just squeezing beach right out of the forest. I have a question. Headed right for death. Yeah.
2: So my question is, say we made this like priority number one, Uh, like, everyone in the field had all of the resources they could imagine, like, Apollo program investment in like reversing this. Would there be, like, what could be done? Could anything be done? Is this just, like, locked in? Like
4: Yeah, so so for some of these we're done. Like it's gone, it's escaped. Mm -hmm. Like EAB, there's no that the genie's out of the bottle there. Um Hemlock Willie adelgid there's no putting that one back. So like Asian Longhorn beetle, it's a related, you know, it's it's a non native beetle boring beetle, kind of related to um Emerald Ash borer, and it attacks more species. We've put a lot of money into containing that pest and we've done pretty well so far. It has, you know, it's gotten out a couple of times, but we found it and we're killing a lot of it where it is, where it's gotten out. So, you know, if you get on it fast, there's potential to stop these kind of things. Um, The the real answer is just don't bring it in. Like Mm. just take biosecurity very seriously and just don't bring it in and you stop the problems.
2: Make everywhere Australia. Got it. Yeah.
4: Yeah. Yeah, No, uh, unironically. Yes. Well, you know, on that front, you know, Australia's <laughs> got its own things.
2: In in a, in a couple of ways. Uh,
4: yeah. Um. So so going back to species we've lost, we already lost butternut, talked about chestnut. Uh, American elm has been hammered with Dutch elm disease. And then oh, yeah. here's another fun disease that you might not be super familiar with. It's elm yellows, which is a phyoplasma, a kind of bacteria that has like no cell wall or... Membrane.
2: This, this is also fucking weird. But I lo- I'm I'm looking at the forest and just like screaming, just be normal.
0: <laughs> D- <laughs> I you thought
2: that. this was fucking trees and shit, and it turns out that there's like uh, like biologically interesting Bio-warp stuff happening. Yeah, yeah in there's a, bad a whole way. ecosystem behind. You're, yeah.
4: you're now seeing the forest for the trees. Yeah, I don't right, like though. it. I want to go <laughs> back.
2: <laughs> the
1: method of transmission for like Dutch elm disease has always confused me because we used to have like five big elms in the Woodland Cemetery right near where I live. And they, um, you know, they all got Dutch elm disease at the same time and there was no elms anywhere nearby them. And they had to cut them all down. And it was like, where did this come from?
4: <laughs> um. Oh, Dutch elm. I think that that one is either associated with a boar or just kind of floats on it. Oh yeah. It's, I'm just looking it up. It's associated with a a native borer beetle. So so we have just native insects. They're just flying around, just you know, getting after in, injured, wounded trees. And so oh, they'll pick God. up the fungus, fly over, and jump on the next tree and infect it. Same thing with oak wilt.
2: Mm. Damn. Um, I'm still, I'm still trees, thinking still
0: about though. prions. I bet. Yeah.
2: The thing is, the thing is right. The 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 prion conference. When you go to that, that's that's gonna be. I, I think there's an important sort of thing you can graph here for conferences, which is importance to like risk of like civilization ending versus uh like consumption at bar afterwards, right? So like if the, the you know the astrophysicists who are like worrying about um like you know asteroids slamming into Earth aren't drinking a lot, so good, not going to worry about the asteroids, right? If the encephalopathy guys hitting the bar pretty hard. That's where I'm gonna sort of like focus my anxiety, you know.
4: Well the deer guys do drink pretty well and they party pretty hard. So it's a good time mm-hmm. if you to go to a deer conference. can mm. I can't recommend it enough if you get a chance to go to one. It's a great time.
1: By <laughs> Allah I have seen prions caused solely by pictures viewed on the internet. God.
2: <laughs> this is this is exactly the kind of like unconscious thought OCD would give me. So no thank you. Uh, alright, alright, I'm off with Brian's. Yeah, next, okay, so next. So
4: basically the point – oh, then we also have laurel wilt disease, which is on the horizon. Luckily, it's not going to kill overstory trees. It kills all members of, of the family Lauraceae. for you plant nerds out there. Um, so in Pennsylvania, that's Spicebush and Sassafras. Um, for avocado heads, uh, it does kill avocados, uh, and it is moving oh. towards avocados in the US.
2: Hey, but once it kills every avocado in the US, millennials will finally be able to buy a house.
4: Oh, i good fucking point. wish so what <laughs> trees will we have left that is a great question <laughs> uh <laughs> it <fuck. laughs> poplar looks good uh-huh. um that's a that's a species so old it's outlived most of its pests um eastern white pine looks okay some of the poplars look all right i uh, yeah we have like I, 100 tree species and i just named three okay like this is a this is why we're having the episode here. Maybe <laughs> hey, it's not we like have, commercially you know, the, the farmed the spruce
2: pine fir, and that's it.
1: Oh, we can't yeah. use
4: spruce pine in Pennsylvania. It doesn't work here. Oh, uh, well. No, the good no, news we don't is that, that. Like,
2: the, those trees aren't important to like uh, anything to do with the climate or anything. We don't need them.
4: Yeah. Oh, we're going to get to that in one second. The nice thing is um, white oak is not impacted by oak wilt, and it's not impacted by anything besides spongy moth, any of the insects that we've listed so far, and that is key to making bourbon. Key. You literally can't make bourbon without white oak. Oh, the problem God. with white oak is, I deer fucking love it. But they do. Oh uh, yeah. I so if you just kill bourbon, the deer, so
2: kill all of the deer. We really can't emphasize this one enough. <laughs> yeah. No. I'm, I'm not I doing will... it to preserve bourbon supply because I hate bourbon. But like, what?
4: Well, what? that's that's insane.
2: <laughs> no, no, no. The, ta- the taste of bourbon has this kind of like sour corn mash taste that I really don't like. I would yeah, rather not just good. drink whiskey. It's no, good, I, yeah. no, it <laughs> has like a really, for some reason, it's like maybe I'm like one of these people for whom coriander tastes like soap or something, but the aftertaste of like bourbon has a serious, serious aftertaste for me. Like I drink bourbon, it's all I can like taste for the next day. And it's definitely like.
0: Have you this...
4: tried the drink of the people, which is. A uh, you know a Kentucky mule bourbon with a little ginger beer in there a little bit of lime yeah, it doesn't matter mm. with, yeah, doesn't one. matter with mixing it doesn't mm. matter
2: what bourbon it is
1: like uh, you like a mint head you do like a, a mint julep that's always a nice right
2: rye, rye whiskey doesn't do that to me uh you know like any kind of, it's the only spirit that does that to me but like not only does it give me like the the horrible aftertaste but like I drink bourbon and no matter how much or how little I drink I have like a two day hangover Oof. Uh, and I have I have no idea why, so Bourbon and I do uh, not get along. Because
3: you're a giant little uh, poop-pants crybaby.
4: Well, here's yeah, that, the other fun thing. The reason so that you need to care about white oak... I'm not allowed white to say oak.
3: that anymore, but I do. No, you're not. <laughs>
4: <laughs> the reason you need to care about white oak you know, is because it makes all of your other brown liquors. Um, oh, okay. Brown liquors are now brown because they age in oak barrels, except for scotch, which also has peat in it. But who wants to drink, you know, dead plants when you could have me? wood?
2: Me, I wanna, yeah. I wanna drink the the, the yeah, peasy scotch. Uh,
4: yeah, no, come on, uh, Irish whiskey aged in white oak barrels because it's a very good and tasty oak. You know, you you have yeah, three is better. We're gonna. This is now mm-hmm. liquor talk. Second, yeah, um, liquor I like talk.
2: I like my Talisker. Yeah. I like to t- you know I like to taste yeah, the yeah, shit that like Urtzi, the it's like, like, like yeah, fucking yeah, caveman died it in. It's like a burning you know? down hospital. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I want to drink like Tolland I Man.
4: You know, sometimes a nice smoky scotch is fine. But um so white oak is, it's got tyloses in it, which are these little bubbles in the fibers um, that prevent liquid from moving through it. So if you want to age liquid for a long time, white oak is very good, which is why you legally have to use white oak to make bourbon. You can only use the barrel once. And then after you use that barrel, they sell it to like all of the other liquor distillers and agers out there because it's a very good barrel and it's tasty. So like, I was in Scotland this summer. I was in a distillery, and I saw white oak. I like went up to the wood and I was like, "Hey, I know that. I grow that here in Pennsylvania." Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> so we lose white oak. the The quality of spirits and wine across the world is going to suffer.
2: You have
1: to go, go back. back
4: to
2: vodka.
1: We have a good uh, wow. uh, gin me, here me. in Philadelphia by Philadelphia Distilling, vodka, vodka. aged in. uh, they make whiskey, white too oak, now. uh, bourbon barrels. Um, yep, you, yep. Know, you get that kind of that nice flavor. A blue in there. Coat If you're looking for it, blue it's very coat good. gin. Yeah, it's very good.
4: Um, I think with the bourbon guys say like 70% of the flavor from in bourbon comes from white oak. So else what you might not like is the flavor of white oak.
2: Are you anti tree? Hmm. <laughs> I yeah. think I may be anti-tree. I think oh, I may have to adopt like a Alice deer Alice persona.
4: Bambi
3: Caldwell Kelly. Mm-hmm, yeah. That's right. She's Miss actually over she's here. Not just as she anti-tree; she's pro-deer.
4: Yeah. Pro peatlands.
2: Boo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 Listen, without without peatlands, where is you know where are you going to get poets writing about peat cutting? Uh, and that's like a good five percent of the Irish economy for like until they got into real estate.
4: Well, and now they're putting trees in the peatlands because that's where farmers don't want to farm, and so they're putting trees on it. Um, mm. In college, I had a job with uh, this Forest Service initiative where we, I was dissecting uh, frozen blocks of peat from around the world, and we were weighing what was peat and what was plant in there. Uh, looking back on it, I definitely should have had some kind of mask on because, like, who knows what is thawing out of those peat blocks.
2: Oh, oh man. Oh, God. Just uh, like dudes, yeah. you know?
4: Yeah. 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 Okay, so next slide. Let's let's get onto our a, favorite thing: a new thing. and exotic prion.
0: Yes.
4: Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, so this is climate change. Here we're going to talk about climate change. Um, I'm sure everyone knows about the climate crisis. Uh, climate changing bad. I'm human not scared cause. of it
2: anymore because I'm mostly worried about the prions.
4: Yeah. Well, hey, you know, to each their own. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not a I'm not a climate change fan. What we're expecting in Pennsylvania is our winters are going to get warmer. We got like no snow this year that stayed where I'm at. We're going to get hotter summers. We're going to get more 90-degree summers. This climate is better for invasive species because our plants are not adapted to it. It's more stressful than the native plants. We're going to see how native plants and invasive species interact in one second. Um, Just second. I'm not a physical scientist. Again, I'm a tree guy, but just for one, like, just look into how this impacts the physical science. Uh, hot air holds moisture longer, so we have more moist air but less moisture in the soil. Hence the cracked soil photo, but because it's hot, trees are um, they're, they're photosynthesizing more. They have increased transpiration, so they're sucking more water out of the ground, which means they struggle more in droughts. Also means that aquifers get filled slower. Just one one impact. Um, less snow is not good for most of our tree species. They're used to having a blanket of snow on them in the winter. Snow is a really good moderating factor for the climate. It also protects you from seed predators and sapling predators. Um, it's really well, so, fun if you, sorry. It keeps
1: kids out of school. <laughs>
4: yeah. I don't know with the dang Zoom, kids be on the phone these days, you know? Oh my uh,
1: God, that's ridiculous. the worst thing that I think has ever happened to kids is they don't have snow days anymore.
3: Yeah, uh, it's, in, it's it's inhumane. Yeah. Yeah, honestly,
4: I'm not, I'm not really fucking with you. No, right, I agree, yeah. A snow day is a snow day. You shouldn't have to go back to school. You yeah. shouldn't have to do online school.
1: Bad for teachers, too. <laughs> oh, yeah.
4: Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay, so let's see how invasive species and tree stress and climate all interact. Next slide, please. So, oh, oh I have fun animations in this one. So in forestry, we'd like to do these triangles. So uh, give me an animation. I don't think
3: we can do that, Kevin. Is it going to work? Probably come not, on. it almost uh, never does. Come so. on.
4: Oh, yeah, yeah! yeah, yeah, take that. Um, okay, so this is Hemlock. Uh, Eastern hemlock or Canada hemlock, uh, Tsuga canadensis. If you want the you know botanical name. So hemlock likes a cool, dry climate. We are, as I said before, going to a hot, moist climate. Right, So well, it likes it likes moist soil. Doesn't like it, you know, when it's not moist and cool. Okay. So the hemlock is getting stressed from climate change. Next, give me a click. Yeah. Okay. Now this is uh, in this picture. Again, I'm not sure how it's going to show up in the video. Hopefully, it shows it perfectly. Uh, you can see little cotton balls on the branch. Those are hemlock woolly adelgid, non native invasive insect, kills hemlocks in five years. Uh, these were kept in check. It was first introduced in the 60s. It was kept pretty well in check by cold winters. So you get a negative four, a couple of negative four days that kills like 80% of the population. A negative 30 day kills 90 plus percent of the population to 100%. So, Cold days oh, that, keep that, those that, in uh, check
1: for our uh for for our European uh uh, uh folks.
4: It, oh, I have that, no that's idea. Fahrenheit,
1: right? Mm-hmm. Um, you oh, double yeah. it and add 30.
4: Well, we're below zero, like yeah. we're below zero mm-hmm. Fahrenheit, so I think this is kind of when they merge together.
1: Yeah, that's like, well, yeah, they'd they merge together at negative 40, I believe, is the, the point.
4: I so. Um, but, yeah, negative 31 is pretty close to negative 40.
1: Yeah, but like uh, negative four Fahrenheit is like negative a million degrees Celsius. I'm gonna punch <laughs> you in the face.
0: <laughs> I don't think in, they in defense, have those
4: temperatures. <laughs> in In the defense of Fahrenheit, it was like written down and like codified as a measurement system before Celsius. Well, it's obje- so it's objectively better, better, but yes, yeah. yeah, it's not. It's that's it not. It, not is. What it is no. no well, you, I'm you, sorry. You, I'm sorry I'm, sorry.
3: I'm sorry. Are you still speaking English over there? Are you? I, oh, that's crazy. I like
2: yeah. it. I like it when water at sea level boils at 100 degrees and freezes at zero. Um, yeah, you need to that's
1: good. To the best temperature measurement, which is Rankine. Oh no! <laughs> I've never heard of that. Rankine Rankin? is uh, so. You know how there's the, uh, the Kelvin? Kelvin scale, right, which starts at absolute yeah. zero. Rankine yeah. is the same thing, but with Fahrenheit degrees
2: oh for fuck's <laughs> sake Jesus <laughs> <fucking> <laughs> Christ
4: yeah take that yeah fuck mm. you <laughs> we'll show you we'll make our own, <laughs> own measurement scale okay now we have one more this is a triangle so we're gonna see the triangle yes.
3: Rankine uh, one more fun fact uh, was died in Glasgow he was very Scottish
2: Oh, yeah. Well, Rankin and, and Calvin both uh, like y- University of Glasgow guys, I believe. Uh, those guys, oh, I bet they me. like fought each other, you know? Mm-hmm.
4: <laughs> Lord Calvin, a bitch.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
4: <laughs> okay. So so here is your other part of the triangle is that the uh, hemlock willy really does is just doing much, much better under climate change. And we're now seeing massive hemlock mortality, which contributes to climate change because our big hemlock hemlocks which are a great storage unit of you know of carbon big trees store store carbon for a long time mm-hmm. really get a pulling out of the atmosphere atmosphere dead mm.
2: oh well yeah well that's it to, yep. the, to the tune of like oh. millions right like
4: yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Mm, Feedback yeah, okay. loops.
4: they're fun yeah. Hmm. yeah 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 don't not even once okay so let's put this all together and let's see how it interacts in an eastern forest next slide so this is a bunch of plants. This looks like a, you know, something, maybe a forest. I don't know. Actually, I do know. Spoiler alert, I took this picture. Uh, so this is this, this is a, no longer a functioning forest. There are like two native plants in this picture. So there's the, Roz, if you could just like draw a little circle, or Justin, if you could draw a little circle yeah. over the, um, uh, that branch that's hanging out. Oh, this guy. Over yeah, there there's yeah. one native plant, and then there's kind of a little canopy left in the black cherry that's just touching that branch.
1: Is that up here?
4: Yeah, let's or, see. Yeah, uh, the right sky? there, perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. The rest of the plants in this photo are non-native invasive.
1: Cool. Everything of, else here
4: is yeah. is it is non-native. A
1: lot of dead sticks on the ground as well.
4: Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Yes. Getting closest um, to like a, a a scrub, and of course, uh, we don't want no scrubs.
4: Yeah. Scrub yeah, some, is the some... guy
2: who thinks he's fine. Because a scrub know. is a biome defined by lack of trees, meaning that well, the soil's drier and there's a risk of fire that's known in France as a maquis. I yeah.
4: I would I would actually this is a thing i am like working I on... I feel just got my ass kicked.
3: <sighs> I would call no, this a I, I got zombie that off forest. the tweet. Oh, okay. Ooh. Cool. So okay. this,
4: this on the surface, it looks like it's a living forest when you push on it it has no soul there's like two trees left in this forest everything else is dead stems that are overrun with oriental bittersweet and mile a minute um so to the uninitiated it looks like a functioning forest it's not nothing nothing here is native this will be the future condition of this forest until the dead trees fall down in which case it'll just be so we see in this photo um some autumn olive multiflora rose and a couple of species of non-native barberry uh, that'll just take over the dead tree standing will uh, eventually fall down what happened here uh this is in western pa right up against the ohio border is this is a forest that was um ash and black cherry the ash was killed by the aforementioned uh, emerald ash borer and the black cherry died just due to you know natural mortality it can only live to be 120 years old so um It died, and then what came in, you know, what what just took off following the failure of ash was all these invasive species. Now, the dead sticks that we see are the landowner trying really hard to knock back the invasive species, but this is gonna take like a decade of work to knock back the invasive species, and then you have to keep the deer out to get the natives on the ground. This is the worst case scenario. This is what could happen to eastern forests you know without action. So if you just want to put your hands up and let Jesus take the wheel, um Jesus was a carpenter in, like you know AD. This is he's not a good driver. This is where we go.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> also like cutting down a lot of trees you have to imagine. Um
4: it it's cool I, I, that like I'm here for cutting down trees sustainably.
2: Hmm, but it's cool that this uh this photo is like now apocalyptic to me.
4: Uh when yeah. going through the notes I was like, oh cool pretty. Yeah, no, 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 this is actually not. This is very much not. It um, reminds
1: me yeah. of my, 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 my grandmother's uh, house in Enfield, Connecticut. Um, there was this big dead tree in the back. and I one of those. We wanted uh, I, 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 my, my, my my dad and my uncle were like, we got to get rid of this big dead tree. Because, um, well, they didn't know it was dead at the time. But what they did know is there's huge poison ivy vine surrounding it. And then I realized before they were going to cut it down, it was dead. And the only thing that was keeping up, it up was the the poison ivy vine.
0: Um,
4: <laughs> so a really fun way to differentiate poison ivy from oriental bittersweet um, is that oriental bittersweet will wrap very tightly around a tree and strangle it, as you can see in a lot of these trees. Whereas poison ivy has these like hairy roots that come off the, the vine that attach it to the tree. And it's also a branching vine. It gets kind of ugly, doesn't branch, you know, get it gets out there. Yeah. Okay. But um so we have actually beaten Mother Nature. Um, yeah, there's a concept we did in it. forestry called succession, which is like you go from uh you know, shade intolerant, you know, grasses to shade intolerant trees to shade tolerant trees, to more shade tolerant trees to old growth, and then back to early successional species. This will go nowhere. We beat Mother Nature. This is this is the end of the line this is an ecosystem that has never existed um, this has no value for native wildlife if you are a native insect you can't eat any of these plants um honeysuckle, or invasive honeysuckle supports no native insects whereas native oak species can support 400 plus species of oh, excuse me native lepidoptera which are moths are moths and uh, butterflies honeysuckle supports none so this is just no value If we're, you know, if we're thinking about this from a forestry perspective, no value. We're thinking about this from a wildlife perspective, no value. If you're thinking about this from a carbon sequestration perspective, no value, because like all of these little stems are going to rot very quickly and they cannot sequester as much carbon, cannot sequester and store as much carbon as the cherry that we see in the right foreground of this photo. So this is not what we want. This is a failure. This is bad. Okay, next slide. I try to be a little bit positive. So here we're gonna be a little bit positive. We can regenerate forests with a lot of effort. So here we see a deer fence. This keeps the deer out. The landowners here, they had foresters come in, they had a logger come in. They did a very you know intentional harvest and they were able to, on the left, successfully regenerate a forest. It takes money, time, and effort to do this. It costs about $80 an acre to spray herbicides. Um, This fencing now costs $7 a linear foot to put up because of steel prices. used to cost $2, but then steel prices went up. Um, And you don't see a return. Like These landowners will never see a return on this investment. Those trees are going to take at least 80 years to mature. So under the system of capitalism that we have today, this is a terrible investment. This is a bad investment. They're they're losing money on this. Mm. Um, however, they're doing the right thing ecologically, biologically for human health, wildlife help, health. But uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you you can regen forests if you try, and if you work hard. <laughs> but if you don't, um, you, you don't. And if, if you going to put my
2: lips directly on the microphone that... here, climate Stalin.
1: If you're willing to. Wait to see results until after you are dead. Um, well,
4: that's mm-hmm. just the business of forestry. Yeah, <laughs> you're you're always working for not the the person after you, but the person like two generations after you. This is a 120 year business. Every step you make is looking for looking for 120 years. It's it's hard for people who don't think about trees to think in that time frame. That's the time scales we're thinking. But again, this is where we get to have the really fun capitalism discussion. Under our system mm. of capitalism, regenerating this forest is very, very, very difficult. Because you have to put a lot of money in up front and you will probably never see the financial return on this. Oh fun. True. Sure. Yeah. Can, there are programs can, like can the Conservation trust, Reserve. Sorry, what was
1: that? I was like, can you trust the guy who comes after you and the guy who comes after that to continue the program?
4: Probably that's, not. Great, yeah. that's great. That's a great question. The average land tenure in Pennsylvania is eight years. So you're you're looking you know, ten ownerships.
2: Mm. Yeah.
4: Yeah. So, capitalism, folks. Yeah. Capitalism climate was the real
2: enemy Stalin. all along. Wow. Climate <laughs> Stalin. Climate Stalin. Uh, Stalin. Yes, you Climates. need
1: at least two or three climate Stalins in success. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, need a, you need a climate
2: <laughs> Stalin, a climate Khrushchev, then climate has to fall to revisionism. Uh, I was going to say climate like Tito. A, a long climate gerontocracy. Yeah.
1: Let me get a climate Tito. Actually, I like oh, that guy more. And then,
2: and then, and then, finally, uh, you know, degenerating into climate Gorbachev. You have climate Pizza Hut, and then that leads you straight through to climate Yeltsin. Um, <laughs> climate, no, <I'm>, uh, Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't even know what that is. We invade Mars, or something.
1: I, <laughs> I, I feel like... stop that, Elon! <laughs> yeah. Mar- Mars is historically Russian. <laughs> yeah.
4: <laughs> Doing a land acknowledgement on Mars. Yeah, this oh my this land is traditionally unknown bacterial land.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. I I, I don't
2: know. I, I think it's like increasingly obvious that if you want to have any kind of, like, sustainable future for humanity, you have to, you know... Act unilaterally in ways that capitalism like disincentivizes, uh, and I I don't know how you do that, I don't know how you make any politician do that, um, other than uh, redacted, redacted, parody, redacted, and even that may be too light. Um, not that it matters because of the fucking like uh, the the prions,
4: so. Well, I mean, uh, we're just hoping we're you know, yeah, we're we're putting hopefully. our faith in the species barrier. All right, Justin, next slide for me. Yeah. We're we're gonna we're gonna try to be hopeful in the end here because this is a solvable problem. Mm-hmm. These are you know outside of you know the genus you know genus loss. I don't know what you call the loss of a genus. You know, loss of a species is extinction. Loss of a genus is an unknown thing, but it's happening. I can show it to you. We just saw the loss of a genus, but anyway, that's a word I haven't. We haven't figured it out yet. Meta, but we,
2: meta extinction.
4: You know, there's like mm. xenocide, but again, that's one species. That's like too cool of a word. What do you what do you call it when you lose a genus? What's the word? We're doing yeah. it. We're killing them. Um, so this is this is a timber harvest that you can that has been done. Again, you can manage, and we have good regeneration in here. We have nice oak regeneration in here. You can manage forests. You can do it. You know. In most forests, it takes work. In some, like this one, it's a beautiful sight, and it didn't take a lot of work. But, like, these are a, sol- this is a solvable problem. This is not a disaster where we walk away and be like, well, I guess we just don't fly jets into, you know, mm. um, rail cars or whatever that was. What was the skyline <laughs> thing? <laughs> I guess yeah, we just don't sure. do that. No, like, like th- this is, we have only people who two, are trying hard on this.
1: I think there's only been two incidents of a plane flying into a train. One in the 30s and one fairly recently, I want to say. Um.
4: Oh, the trams. It was a tram or it was a sky tram, whatever. The sky trolley, whatever. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a a, a tree guy. I, you know, (laughs) I'm going to fall back on this. Mm. So, you know, this is for the most part a solvable problem with invasive species. We know how to manage them. It does cost some money. And it also costs not bringing in. Like that pretty flower you saw on the internet. Like if it's native, if mimosa is native to Africa, it can stay in Africa and be happy there. You have very nice plants where you live. You have very nice dogwoods in the U.S., in, you know, the U.K. I don't know. Yeah, uh, I don't know. We got...
1: That's an incredibly managed landscape right there. Yeah.
4: Now, I I have fallen down drunk in a field in Europe, or sorry, in England, and Mm -hmm. I don't remember a lot from that. So, couldn't tell you what I found in the ground. Oh, boy.
2: Reasonable. Reasonable.
4: We've all been drunk in fields. But in my Mm -hmm. defense, who starts a wedding at noon and doesn't serve lunch? Oh, no. No thanks. That's not my fault. In my experience, that's not my fault.
1: The ultimate enemy, the rural bucolic wedding venue. Oh, fuck off! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I married in a city.
2: Yeah, mm. I want to take a rural bus. All the stuff is. Yeah.
4: Okay, so that that's me. You know, this is this is a terrible travesty that is coming at us very slowly. Um, it's a scene in Austin Powers with the where he's driving at the yeah. the, the steamroller at the, the guy. steamroller at the guy. Uh-huh. <laughs> what was incredibly frustrating recently was I was at a, a conference with some forest landowners and professionals, and they're all like, oh, how do we marketize this? How do we marketize this? It's like, what if we just give you guys money to do good forestry? What if mm. that, though? What, what,
2: what an interesting idea. Uh, I can't hear you over the sound of the, you know, uh, cap and trade carbon credits that we're doing.
4: Oh, I'm going to be very honest. I also do that. And that's, that is a, that's a second episode.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you
4: want to do that one, oh God. I would love
2: to at some point. Yeah, that uh, actually, actually that sounds it. like a
4: trash future episode yeah. because that's yeah. that's
2: economy happening. Uh, yes.
4: Well, I'll you guys make it's that's your show. You tell me what you want to do there, but I I do that as well. Mm. Um, you can read my work on that, Alice. You know where to, you know how to look me. Yeah, up Yeah, yeah, certainly. Okay. Um, I actually we'll, we'll talk about that later. Um, I don't want to identify myself too much. Okay, so. <laughs> solvable crisis coming up for us we could pay people we actually even have the functions it's called the conservation reserve or preserve program crp it's run through the natural natural resource conservation service the nrcs we just have to turn that fire hose from just farmers onto forest owners it's it's like this is an incredibly solvable problem if we at all think about it
2: president biden please redirect your fire hose
4: yes Please, um, please Western forests it. are another, like the Western forest fires, another incredibly solvable problem. Hmm. Again, we're just talking money and trees and But we, the problem is, and I'm sorry to keep harping on this, we have expected that forests are a revenue generating thing. And for a while they were, but they're now reaching the point because we have stressed them so much that they are not necessarily that sometimes you have to pay for them. And it's OK because they do lots of good things for us. If we're going to take it from a market perspective. Is Me that like- as a guy who loves trees, it's like we could just it's fine. It's fine to pay for trees. I love them. Mm-hmm. People love
1: them in general, you know, yeah. you just is that like in terms of logging or just like in terms of like letting the forest be what it is.
4: Oh, OK. So this is this is a very easy trap to fall into. Can you go back to our um, go back two slides? Okay, so this this is what happens if you don't manage forests. This is the Jesus take the wheel mo- moment. So there's this right. idea out there. It's called proforestation, which is like the n- nature knows how to handle itself. We have long since passed nature knowing how to handle it. If you know you believe in Mother Nature as a concept, which it's it's just that it's a human invention. Mm-hmm. Um, you know our native species can't compete. They can't handle these non-native invasive species. They can't handle climate change, and they can't handle how we've changed the environment. And we, you know, as humans know how to manage this landscape. We've always managed this landscape. If you take the hand off the wheel, you know, you, if you take away management, that's never happened in the history of these forests. That's where we started talking about the native peoples because this forest has always been managed and it always needs to be managed. Cause it's always like, excuse me, that's how the system has evolved. I hate to talk about forests as systems, but you know, They've always had humans who have always been doing things. So you have to keep doing things. Otherwise, the wheels fall off.
1: So even if it Climate doesn't like, necessarily pencil out on a balance sheet, it's still, it still it makes mm-hmm. sense to do this.
4: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, once again, how do we value a species? How do you value? I know Nestle claims to value clean water, but yeah. we'll see. Yeah. How uh, do you value clean water? How do you value seeing wildlife? How do you value the air around you?
1: How do you value not being able to grow anything other than spruce pine fir? (laughs) (laughs) Mm.
4: Which you can't grow here in Pennsylvania. It's too hot. This is true. (laughs) You can't do it. You can, they've tried to grow red pine here. It doesn't really work for most of Pennsylvania. Our soil's wrong. Yeah, no. So that's, uh, that's the end there. And also we don't need to like, like try to figure this out. Like we have people whose whole life is managing these, these forests to regenerate and grow themselves. Like, that's why I got a job. <laughs> we have books written on this shit. We got books. We got the, the Germans invented forestry as a profession, but people have been doing it in, you know, the world since there have been people. This is not a new thing. This is an Emily Savo problem with money. Aha. Mm,
0: and
2: therefore, yeah. climate Stalin. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's me. Well. Wow. What did we learn? Thanks so much. Um, yeah. I'm terrified of like five more things. Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I'm about
1: to say I'm. scared of several more things than I was. Oh, i not I want to about the other
4: baby.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
4: it's a way to be. It's a way to be. It helps you sleep at night.
1: Mm. Yeah. The thing is, I got a nice big glass of bourbon now.
4: Yeah. Well, I mm-hmm. don't stop using good, you know, American Forest products because the second you start using like paper made from like eucalyptus fiber like that's just straight up deforestation oh god all that comes from the tropics like brazil eucalyptus is native to australia you cut down the rainforest to grow it there i thought
1: they mm. put a whole bunch of eucalyptus in california or is that something else? oh yeah
4: no no yeah. they did that and also spain and it causes forest fires out there the fun thing about eucalyptus is it's a fire dependent species it explodes, so species, too right well yeah they emit oils that um burn kind of like citrus you know if you like squeeze like an orange rind Set light on fire. Eucalyptus emits a similar oil because it wants to burn. It yearns for death. It yearns for a really hot death because it's the only thing that can survive that fire. It's a fire-dependent species. It's also a water hog. Hmm. Yeah, we we haven't even discussed forest <laughs> economics because we don't need to.
2: Trees are funny. <laughs> yeah, we got we got to get you back on to talk about like forest fires in, uh, in yeah. California. Uh, Trees as are that's fun. a
4: solvable problem. Mm. We solved that problem in the forest literature in the 80s. Yeah,
1: move out of California. There you go. Yeah, don't go <laughs> to California. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, well, we have a segment on this podcast called Safety Third. Shake hands with danger. G'day. Hello, well, to this the is members- already
2: promising.
1: <laughs> Hello to the members of my favorite podcast: Ugh. Justin the Explainer, Liam the Shouter, yeah. Alice the Best One,
2: and Devin Thank the you. Editor.
3: Go fuck yourself, bud. Nothing Man, for I'm the right. best.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I've no. You, you don't. You don't get any like yeah. heat off of this. I don't know why I'm the best one. I feel like I haven't really been pulling my weight on this one because I've been too terrified. Uh. No, you've been you've been doing it. I was pretty
3: engrossed in the thank story, you. honestly.
1: Yes,
2: <laughs> yeah, it
3: was
1: really yeah.
0: interesting. This is probably getting guests yeah. who are we, too we, good. Yeah, We've but
1: got but to yeah, get I like
2: guests. Well, can can get you be like worse, worse at your <laughs> job or worse at explaining your job? <laughs>
0: oh, well, Unless thank we you.
2: Suck over and over,
3: I
4: don't
2: know. <laughs> yeah, do you, do you mind being not as good at your job so that we can like you know get a guest? No, I really,
4: I really love trees. That's the whole thing. Like I've talked for like today four hours plus on trees. And I could go for another
3: hour and a half. All right. Well, I can't. So let's wrap this bitch up. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I want to talk a, about cargo fast.
1: We got to get a, a guest who hates us. We'll get like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, uh, fucking Glenn. Oh, we could get Hayden
2: Clarkin. When, we, when, get, we, we, when get we, get we do the, critical the... urbanism guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when, we, when, when we do the the um Monongahela Liberator, you will get a guest who hates you. Don't worry yeah, about exactly. that. Exactly.
3: Uh, yeah. Well, they yeah. lost. So. Yeah, I was about to say. We're going to be the ghost of 1877.
1: I know we were on the wrong side, but still, they lost.
3: Yeah, stay on your side. That's what the whole fucking Susquehanna's for, buddy. All right, let's do this. Come on.
1: If you're listening to this, you're about to hear a story from the world of motorsport. Yay! Where time is a flat circuit, with history repeating as often as, in this case, the cars race by. In the late 2000s, a European formula race was red flagged when a recovery vehicle was hit by a race car in 2014, Jules Bianchi, I'm assuming that's Bianchi, right Yeah, I think so
4: yeah died, I almost bought one of their bikes
1: yeah hmm. uh, died when he was hit by a recover when he hit a recovery vehicle in 2023, I witnessed a near miss along these lines. this safe- safety third is brought to you by poor communication and understaffing now. Motorsport is inherently dangerous. But this is so, so on incident, the ticket. This incident was appalling and nearly catastrophic.
2: Does not say that on the ticket.
1: Yeah. This moment happened at the Phillip Island Classic, a four-day historic racing festival. Fun. Um yeah, I volunteered cool. for all four days and had a headset to help me with my role, which was tuned into the standard race control comms loop. Several comms loops are involved with a race meet, or at least the ones I've been to. Race control handles general communications, with the race control talking to the scrutineers, noise Scrutineers? scrutineers. That's a cool, cool job title. That's a cool job title, yeah.
2: Sector mm. marshals, boundary riders, and so also on. Also a cool job title. Yeah. Sounds like a western thing, you know?
1: but not the communicators in charge of the flag points. Having good communications between flag points and race control is vital to safe and efficient operations. So communicators at flag points at Phillips Island have a separate comms loop, which, rather than using wireless headsets, uses hardwired headsets connected through an in-ground network to ensure minimal issues.
2: It's handy. Imagine if you're like, a, you, you have to wave like a red flag so as a guy doesn't get killed and you just hear the like Bluetooth, like low battery. Yeah.
0: Then
2: it's like, <laughs> oh, fuck. The communicators
1: have the task of quickly updating race control on important stuff like cars passing under red or yellow flags, oil on the track, and crashes and breakdowns, which is, of course, all vital. They must warn race control and other communicators at different flag points of crashed or stricken cars so those flag points can act accordingly and races can be neutralized if necessary.
2: Mm. So you don't like run a bunch of cars into the back of someone else? Yes.
1: There are also comms loops for emergency, recovery, and administrative personnel. But not all volunteers have headsets. At my flag point on the day in question, there's myself, a flag marshal without a headset, a communicator, and a sector marshal overseeing all of us. In other words, we could hear the two most important comms loops and often shared information to keep everyone on the same page. Now, I should give a quick note on flagging in motorsports, Between the the right
2: hand pocket is the top and the left hand pocket is a bottom. And then there's a, you know, this green, you know, that's,
1: uh, yeah, so on and so forth. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I
4: I have a silly question. I've been to like two NASCAR races and been very drunk because that's Mm. what you do at NASCAR races. But you Mm. had to have headphones on even in this stand. So, like, they have like ear protection on, it just doesn't Mm -hmm. connect.
2: Yeah. No, you just have, oh,
1: like,
4: pistols on bad. or
2: whatever, but, like, no radio in there.
4: Right. Uh, yeah, it's like then... three more dollars for... oh god.
1: And this is uh, <laughs> this is some kind of vintage motorsport thing, which I assume is a little bit more... Volunteers. Um, janky. Yeah. janky. Yeah.
3: Janky is the word, <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. So I mean the, give... se- the secret, hidden truth of this is that all motorsport is janky as fuck. Yeah. Formula One being a like you know billion dollar business that is primarily still jank.
1: Well, I figure if you're doing vintage motorsport, um, mm. you know er- everyone there is like, okay, this is going to be a little bit janky because we are racing cars from 50 years
2: ago. <laughs> yeah, made out of asbestos. Uh, yes. James Hunt pissed himself in here.
4: Yes. Uh, the, the, the racing Sterling suit.
3: Moss, you son of a bitch!
4: <laughs> <laughs> Getting an old enough car, you could say, this machine killed fascists. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> Why is there an imprint of Nikki Lauda's face in the inside of the windshield? Don't worry about oh, that. God. Shut up.
1: <laughs> Wait, I thought Nikki Lauda lived, though. He
2: did. But like, he got dinged up, slightly. So why is
1: there an imprint of Niki Lauda's helmet in the windshield? Uh, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Shut up.
3: <laughs> Shut up and read the goddamn fucking safety <laughs> card. <laughs> it's so long, too.
1: that's yeah, monkey! <laughs> it's only a page and a half.
3: That's longer than we say to make them. Let's that's go! A, that's a
1: good point, yeah. I should give... Uh some a quick note on flag- flagging in motorsports between two I flag don't know points. points.
2: In motorsports.
1: For example, four and five. Any yellow flag incidents are the responsibility of the preceding flag point, which would be the four. Turn five is after the incident and can only wave a green flag to let the competitors know the track is safe after that point. Oh, it's block uh, signaling. Okay. Yes. I should also mention the cars in question, partially because their speed made the situation more dangerous, and partially because they're really cool. They belong to the big ticket group for the festival: Group Q and R Racing, and F Five Thousand, F One, and Invited. I, I don't, I don't know what that is. I don't know. the fastest, loudest, and most spectacular group for the event: uh, a Skull Bandit IndyCar. Yes. Jacket. 1985 nice. Ferrari F1 car, check. Ooh. James Hunt's Heskett. <laughs> there you go. He attack. did piss himself in that. <laughs> <laughs> Along with other incredible machines, including s- several F5000s, which are, you know, 70s formula muscle, they are the most difficult to drive and not the most reliable, and it was a breakdown which led to our incident. A car pulled off to the driver's right after turn 1, just before flagpoint 2.1, coming to a stop in the infield. This meant that flagpoint 1.2 should have put out two yellow flags, especially when a recovery vehicle drove across the infield from flagpoint 2.2 to tow it away in what's called a hot recovery. However, due to a lack of volunteers, there was no one at 1.2. In this oh, case, no. I barely understand what's going on here.
2: Okay. Um, okay. So, so like, uh, <laughs> oh god! Right. So we have one point one is up here. One point two is down here. Yeah. The ca- so the the cars coming in from like one point one down to one point two, and then in between one point two and two point one, one of them comes off. Right. Right. Uh, uh, apparently so,
1: stopping down here. Yeah. This is the worst um,
2: error I have ever made. <laughs> so so your 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 man at 2.1 then has to like signal to 1.2 to put out a caution flag ahead of it because like if you put out a flag at 2.1 it will be too late. Uh the it, will have already gone past the thing. It has to go to the um the like flag point before the accident. Okay.
1: Now, due to a lack of volunteers, there was no one at 1.2. Oops. In this case, 1.1 should have warned the drivers of the recovery, but due to the track's geography, they could not see the broken-down car or the recovery vehicle. At my position, which is down here, we had a good view of what was unfolding and immediately grasped the danger of the situation, and our communicator informed 1.1 of the recovery, and told them to put out the yellow flag. At 1.1, there was a communicator and a flag marshal with a wireless headset tuned into the race control channel, like myself, and the flags did not go out. Oh, no. The recovery vehicle pulled up in front of the broken race car, and two men got out, protected by nothing else but high-vis shirts and gloves. Oh, no. That's pretty good protection. That it's means pretty good steal. protection,
2: but you're doing like you're doing like line side like train stuff without like any sort of like protective signals or like
4: yeah you know it's funny if you're metal detecting like in an urban place. Look, Jeremy mm.
1: Clarkson told me all I need is high vis and I'm good.
4: Okay. <sighs>
3: <laughs> okay, buddy.
1: Yeah. As mentioned previously. They were on a separate comms channel and would not have uh, started that recovery without permission from race control and would have been informed that the race was ongoing and they were going to do a hot recovery. Everyone at my point was worried, but we were following procedures and only our communicator could contact 1.1 and tell them about the situation, which she did again, and the flag still did not go out. Without knowing for sure, I believe the communicator at that point wasn't talking to their flag marshal, although I can't fathom why not.
2: They're in sort of like a Regency costume drama situation.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Then the field appeared, barreling towards turn one in a tight group. Thousands of horsepower and millions of dollars with an apex speed at turn one of about 150 mile an hour. None of them would have expected a recovery happening in the dangerous position because there were no flags. At a full racing speed, the biggest dangers were a car running wide at turn one or a lead car balking at the sight of the recovery and being hit by a car behind it, setting off a chain reaction. The cars screamed towards the recovery and passed it by just as quickly without incident. Then 1.1 put out the double yellows (laughs) <laughs> as it should have done much e- or earlier. <laughs> it is. Cool. Okay. Right after it stops mastering. Every everyone at my point took a deep sigh, then complained to each other about how dangerous the moment was, as the recovery vehicle towed the stricken car away.
4: I would just like to critique the author for a moment. Is my job is to, um, the cars didn't balk. You know, they're they're inanimate they objects. The driver the has to do it. driver right. versus, yeah, has to you know, do it. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. Actually and weird. if it's a horse, it should just be shot. You know, the horse discourse is the only thing, <laughs> yeah. but- oh. Kill this. any horse you see, gotcha. Yes. That's yes. needs deer, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Again, we, we didn't get into feral horse discourse. This is the other place for it yet. We, oh, we passed discourse. it, but yeah, I, I have lots of thoughts on feral horses.
1: Oh my god. All right. Yeah, we're going to have to have you back that, on. What time. animals <laughs> don't
4: you want to kill? <laughs> I mean, like muskrats are cool, beavers are nice. I'm here for <laughs> wolverines, fishers, uh, most bird species. <laughs> most
1: birds. Yeah. What about what about like yeah. wolves? Like, uh, let me let but me. Get some... Wolves
4: are neat. I have no interest in killing wolves.
1: What about like uh, possums? I think possums are good.
4: Are oh, they oh not fine. Good? Yeah. No, I I only kill things I would eat. I would eat a horse. In mm. case you were wondering.
1: Okay. Wow. Yeah. I've eaten horse.
4: That's fine. Name.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, apparently it was discussed in a debrief among senior officials that night, but it wasn't mentioned in the next day's general briefing. Mm. I was left feeling a bit disgusted and I realized I could have done more and I could have, and maybe should have hit my radio button and demanded or pleaded with race control to put up flags at 1.1. And I will do so next time. I was genuinely scared that I was going to see a car spear off and kill people.
2: Yeah, you got to go up the up the chain of command for that, I guess. Uh, yeah, because man, like it, that's why would they just not speak to each other? Like when it's literally your job, what were they doing in there? Jacking it, jacking it. You think you think that's a jack in this situation? Okay, no, it's lack, of, lack of object
1: permanence. I can't see the problem, mm. therefore, I am cargo right. fast, yeah. right? Yeah, <laughs> I, was, I
3: was
2: like, uh, you, you know, I'm I was looking at subway it, stuff. Is on my phone. You know what? I'm sticking with jacking it. <laughs> uh, we
3: jacking this it, this
2: race boring as hell. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Just take my dick out.
1: Uh, yeah. anyway, stay safe and keep podcasting. It's my favorite podcast. And Thanks, an extra too. bit if you think this wasn't Australian enough. The Hesketh hit a wallaby in a practice session.
2: (laughs) (laughs) How are we feeling about killing wallabies?
4: Wallabies, Um, Well, well, so in the US, kill them non-native. In Australia, fine. No opinions.
2: (laughs) And by
1: hit, I mean the subsequent cleanup was stopped after the larger parts of the corpse had been removed, and the Hesketh was also a lot more red than it was the lap before.
2: Wait,
3: wallabies aren't big animals, like... Don't worry about it. I, I guess, they're red just
2: sort like effectively, spiritually adamized. Australian deer, you know, don't just, just it. hurling <laughs>
4: itself in front of this thing. Sure, an Australian
1: it. deer is like a kangaroo. It's a kangaroo.
4: Well, well, yeah, yeah um, wallabies are marsupials, just like kangaroos are. All right, we're just now we're just putting hairs. I, I, so. I, I don't know what a wallaby is. Care, How big is a, a wallaby? wallaby? Yeah, I'm. I'm.
1: I'm, I'm it's like. It's. I only know it
3: as a wallaby, not as an animal. Wallaby. Thirty pounds. Not the
2: shoes, goddammit. Three God feet in height, up to twenty-five pounds. Oh, this pretty guy. I'm gonna Oh, pretty
4: close. I wanna take he this away. a wee,
2: little motherfucker. Just yeah. like hop right in front of the thing and just get uh-huh. dusted. Uh-huh. <laughs> just, yeah, again, like, atomized. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Turned into
3: Chunky Verdeer, I guess. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Swamp Wallaby. Oh, I fucking. What a weird looking animal, <laughs> is that
2: the animal? thing Jimmy Carter almost got killed by?
3: What?
1: How? No, that's something different. Oh, that was the that was the Jimmy Carter
0: almost built by a giant yeah. swimming rabbit. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we do
4: have swamp rabbits, um, and I have seen them try to swim across large rivers, and they do it very well. No thanks.
0: But
4: they don't even try- care if you're hunting them with yeah. like beagles. So they'll just jump right in the river and just deuces. Good for that man. And try
2: and try and kill the president.
4: Yeah. All right. Are we done?
1: Un- under under express instructions by Devin to not give them another three hour episode.
4: Like, yeah. I, a, safety I heard, promise you like a like an hour and fifteen minutes. danger. All right, cool. I, I,
1: so I, our next episode is on Chernobyl. Yeah. And I wouldn't have any commercials before we go.
3: Yeah, we have a new Ooh. P.O. box address. We'll update it in the fucking video description. Yes. Send us shit. Or don't. I don't yeah, care. Yeah, the,
1: the, the P.O. box i But it's a new one. It's a new PO. I gotta
4: go to fucking K and A, bro Oh, my so, God, so people, people shouldn't find me, but I do have to do this one thing. There's a little podcast probably no one has heard of. It's it's this thing called Bunta Vista yeah. um, mm-hmm. and oh. this is the month yeah. of April. I do need to plug the podcast Bunta Vista. Oh, yeah. Wonderful podcast, especially if you spend a lot of time thinking about the death of multiple species. And you'll pick me up every now and then.
2: Check it out. Mm yeah
1: i was listening to the bunta vista i'm a train intro yesterday and it drove me mad because i was trying to figure out how the db class 101 uh is three phase and i realized that this was um apparently that's only in the traction motors and it gets single phase from the overhead wires
4: anyway um those are (laughs) words i'm sure they mean something to somebody i'm just saying like if you like sometimes get depressed at work and like occasionally listen to an episode the same episode back-to-back, it's fine. It's a great podcast. Go for it.
1: Check out the podcast, Bunta Vista. Mm -hmm. I own a coffee cup from them.
3: Mm -hmm. (laughs) Kill James
2: Bond, Lions Led by Donkeys. uh, uh, I have a commercial. What, dude? Okay, so I have
1: uh, some colleagues who are attempting to get a petition signed to get put up for a vote additions to the DSA, Democratic Socialists of America, um, ex- explicit mention of nationalizing the railroads, right? Okay. Um, and this is something which I think is probably not, not so controversial among our viewers. If you are a member of the Democratic Socialists of America, in good standing, you can just sign this. Uh, we'll put a link in the description. Um, yeah. And that would be voted on at the next convention. And, you know, they'll figure it out there. Um, so that's my com- that's my commercial.
2: <laughs> Beautiful. It's wow. We went two hours, 40 minutes on this. Yep. Okay. Um,
4: Apologies apologize.
0: to Devin. Sorry, <laughs> Devin. Good. You're the best.